Good evening, everyone. I'd like to call to order the planning board meeting for January 4th, 2022. My name is Carrie Marnick. I'm chair of the planning board. Before we get started, I need to read a few announcements. This open meeting of the planning board is being conducted remotely consistent with Governor Baker's executive order of June 16th, 2021, an act relevant to extending certain COVID-19 measures adopted during the state of emergency. All members of the planning board are allowed and encouraged to participate remotely. The order allows the planning board to meet entirely remotely so long as reasonable public access is afforded so that the public can follow along with the deliberations of the meeting. The public is encouraged to follow along using the posted agenda unless the chair notes otherwise. Members of the public who wish to view the live stream of this meeting may do so by going to Northport Remote Meetings on YouTube via the link listed on the agenda. Ensuring public access does not ensure public participation unless such participation is required by law. This meeting may feature public comment. Member, I'd like to confirm now that members and persons participating in the agenda are remotely present and can be heard by saying the following. Members, and I call your name, please respond in the affirmative. Millie Milton? Here. Amy Pratsky? Here. Michelle Gillespie? Here. Um, staff, and I call your name, please respond in the affirmative. Fred Litchfield? Here. Great. So covering ground rules for the meeting, I will invite each speaker or applicant on the agenda by name to make a presentation and speak to the application. Participants will pro provide their full name and hold until their name is called. Each speaker will be asked to mute their phone or computer when not speaking and to speak clearly in a way that helps generate accurate meeting minutes. Those responding will be asked to wait until the floor is yielded to them by the chair. Speakers who wish to respond to the comments of others do so through the chair, taking care to identify themselves. Each vote taken by the board of committee will be conducted by roll call vote. Um, for members, for excuse me, for items of public comment, after members have spoken, the chair will afford the public comment as follows. By phone, dial star nine to raise your hand and wait to be recognized by the chair. Please note part of your phone number will be visible to those viewing the meeting. By Zoom, click raise hand on the bottom of your screen and wait to be recognized by the chair. The chair will ask members of the public who wish to speak to identify their names and addresses only. Once the chair has a list of all public commentators, the chair will call on each by name and afford three minutes for any comments. And that covers all of the notes to be read. So why don't we get started with the agenda? The first item on the agenda this evening is the discussion, the continued bylaw discussion. Uh, so we have our continued discussion on the proposed zoning bylaw amendments for 2022. The first one we had here is actually the revised bylaw proposal for 75 Ridge Road has been withdrawn. Next, we have 37 South Street. So I want to make sure, did everybody in the planning board receive, we received some letters of support for 37 South Street. Did everybody mm -hmm. receive those letters? Um, let me check on a second here. I just want to see if George is in the audience. No, I don't see George. Okay, so uh, it looks like the letters we received, let me pull them up. One was from the director Butter, I think was that from the Hunt family, was that the Hunt family who sent the letters? Yep. Okay, and the other was from uh, the Leland's. Are they across the street? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Did anyone have any comments or questions about the letters? I did mention to George to ask the commercial building next door. I don't know if he had time or just didn't. I don't know if it matters to anybody. Because um, he had a butters on three sides across the street to the left and to the right. Um, I don't say, I don't remember any notes in there about that. I think it was, was it just the two letters attached to the email? 
Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. I was hoping George would be here. But, but the one that you're asking about, they're already zoned downtown business, right? Yeah. Yeah. I just wanted to get a letter, you know, from all sides just to make sure. You hate to have someone come back. <laughs> I don't. I, I can't imagine someone who's already business on one side is going to care whether the business on the other side, you already have two of the other abutters agreeing to it. So I think that's, I think he's done his due diligence. Mm. <laughs> Don't really agree, but I just, I've been, you know, we've been burnt before. So I just wanted to touch all bases. Okay. So in terms of this bylaw in general, this is a proposal to switch the zoning specific to 37 South Street. Were there other outstanding questions for this? No, maybe just to Fred or Bob, um, if you read the bylaw, when if and when it, it goes to town meeting, do they have to put a copy of the new map with it? Because the map will have to change. I see the bylaw says it's changing the map, but does an updated map actually go to town meeting too? Yes. I don't believe the map goes to the uh, town meeting. They might show a diagram of how the line might move, but the actual map gets amended by the GIS department after town meeting if the application is approved. That's my understanding, unless Bob has some different uh, background. It's been a while since we've done a zone a map amendment, but my recollection of the past is that it's a verbal description. There's usually an explanation about what's the uses that's changing, all the stuff that you've already talked about. And then the map gets amended because it's it's done outside the parameters of town meeting. Bob, do you have insight into that? Um, yeah, Fred's right. Um, I don't ever remember seeing anything other than a diagram showing the specific area that you're talking about um, presented in any town meeting. Um, it's usually, you know, the map gets caught up as part of the GIS updates um, over, the, over the next year. That is, of course, like Fred said, providing a passes town meeting and the attorney general approves it. Okay. Any other comments or discussion? Is this something that we want to move forward or what is the general board sentiment on this one? I'm okay with it. Others? Okay with it. I might end up abstaining just because I did ask for the left side, the commercial side too, just for a letter. And since we don't have it, I'm not sure why. Okay. And, and it's easy to say that they won't mind, but I figured it didn't hurt to ask. Okay. Well, how about, so Anthony's not here either. So why don't we at least keep it for now and progress it forward to, I think we still have another meeting before the end of the month. And then just, I can send a quick note to George to see if there is a letter. Maybe Kathy just wasn't able to send it before she left or Maybe there's not, and then we'll at least know if there's a letter coming or not. And if not, then maybe that solidifies. If you're if you're not for it, that's okay. Um, but we'll at least know if we're getting a letter or not. Sound okay? Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Um, let's see. Then we have 
are right getting back to our other list. So, and Fred, you mentioned that you have one coming, but it's not available this evening. The floodplain, the floodplain plain bylaw. Uh, yes, um, I thought it was going to be a little bit simpler than it's turning out to be. I'm still working on it. I've got to talk to Bob. The folks at the DCR would like to see a draft before we go to a town meeting. It's all being implemented at their request. They're trying to get all of the municipalities in the state to have the same language, the same purpose and uh, goals and objectives all to do with the same bylaw. So we want to make sure it's uniform with what everybody else is doing. And it's just going to take a little more work. Um, on a separate note, going back to the 37 South Street, I just saw an email from Michelle in my office that George was looking for the agenda and the link to sign in. So he may be coming shortly to um, add something to the last discussion. Oh, actually, I think he is here. It looks like he is. Does that look like to you as well, Jim? Uh, yes, yeah, I believe he just uh, just came in. But again, I'm just seeing George as well. Okay, I'm just gonna um, pop George in for a second um, to see if he wants to. George, are you there? Yes, I am, Carrie. Hello, thanks for joining us. We were just talking about 37 South Street and um, thank you, you sent over a couple of letters that Kathy sent to us. Um, right. Amy was just wondering if you heard anything from, what was it, Amy, the other side, the commercial? The commercial person on the left side. Yeah, um, I spoke to him in person and I got kind of an interesting response. He said, oh, it must be a dispute between the two people on the other side. I said, no, no, it's just the, the guy on the other side is already, this is Kenny Hunt now. So I said, he's already agreed to this. And um, the guy across the street has agreed to it. So we just, you know, the planning board wanted to hear from you as well. So he said, well, send me an email and I'll see what I can do. Well, he never responded to my email. So <laughs> I don't have any report from him. He wasn't particularly worried about it, I don't think. Mm -hmm. After all, he, he's, he's got the same setup as, as our property does. He's got businesses in there, so. Okay, Amy, do you have any other questions regarding that? Um, do you think, George, there'd be a way to get the letter before our next meeting? We don't need the bylaws in until the first week of February. Um, I, what I can tell you is that the guy told me he was going to Florida. So, I mean, I could email him again, but I can't guarantee that he'll respond to my email, which kind of tells me he doesn't care. Right. But um, the same thing happened to your client. They got letters that their property was moving, going to be residential and not business, and they didn't reply. So you could say the same thing. I guess they didn't care, but now they do. I think you're stretching it when you say that. Well, no. <laughs> yeah, I think so. <laughs> I, I, I really think that if the guy was worried about it, he would have said something or he would have contacted someone in the town and said, hey, what's going on? But he didn't. He doesn't. He doesn't care. Right. He, but the other guys, your guys didn't either. He and Gabriel get along well with each other. Yeah, but my guys didn't. And maybe they got a letter. Who knows how they got notified the last time. But I personally talked to the guy. So it wasn't like, oh, this is another piece of junk mail he, he ignored. This wasn't junk mail. It was a personal conversation I had with the guy. Okay. All right. Well, we, um, before, I don't know if you were on before, but we just discussed progressing it to the next meeting any regardless. So if you um, hear anything, let us know. And then otherwise your feedback's been really helpful. Thank you. You're welcome. Okay. I'm going to switch you back over. Thanks so much.
You're welcome. Okay. Um, so we'll, we'll have the same plan if we hear back, right? The next month we'll also have Anthony and we'll just be able to finalize all our bylaws at the next meeting anyway. Um, and then we'll have to figure out also scheduling our public hearing. Fred, do we know for doing the public hearing in the past, we've certainly done it much later than after the articles have been passed in. Did Kathy mention timeline for a public hearing? Uh, we didn't talk about the timeline, but I believe it has to be held. Um, I suppose it has to be held before the warrant closes just so that you could make amendments at the last minute before it went to press. Um, that's a good point. So I, I think it can, usually they happen in March. Okay. I, I, know the, I know that the Board of Selectmen hold their public hearings when we're doing a street for a subdivision, they hold a public hearing and those are done in March. So I would assume that if you hold it at your first meeting in March, you'd probably be well within the time frame. but I can confirm the deadline for holding that public hearing for you um, and shoot you a quick email tomorrow or the next day. Okay, I didn't know if Kathy left you a cheat sheet. Yeah, and to the chair, he's correct. It's usually the first meeting in March, so. All right, so we'll aim for that. Okay, and getting to our other bylaws, I'm just gonna start with what I have here, um, just on my ongoing list. And that starts with breweries. So Amy, I know you submitted, do you wanna share anything that you, the bylaw that you had sent over, that you had shared? Sure, yep. Let me see. I have to find the right one. looking for it. Do you want to pull it up? Um, yeah, it's just weird. Let me, I have all, I can see all my windows and that one's not showing. Let me just open it. I can do it. Let's see. Okay. Must have shut it before the meeting. Sorry, I thought I was had them all open. Here it comes. Sorry. Here we go. Did that come up? Yes. Mm -hmm. I just wanted to make sure I had the last one. So um, Kathy didn't have time to do it before she left. So I pulled up the information I had in September and then made some changes to it today. 
just to update it with all the research I did. So for breweries, the town I researched, they defined them and then added them to the use table. So when I went through, I found definitions. I Shrewsbury updated theirs last year and I looked at Shrewsbury, Grafton and used their bylaws. So for the smaller ends that we had talked about, which would probably be downtown, business east, business west, if people wanted to do a brewery, would be the smaller ones, which is a nano brewery and the brew pub. The brew pub seemed more like a restaurant that also brews beers and accessory use, where the nano brewery was more of the brewery and then had food as an accessory use. So I don't know if we need both of them or just pick one of them because they both have food and they both allow malt, wine, and hard cider. The only difference between the nano brewery between Shrewsbury and this one must have been Grafton was some people add the sale and distribution of the whatever they brew, whether it's malt, wine, or hard cider, the sale and distribution part cannot exceed 25% of the production capacity, which means 75% of what they make would have to be served on site. I don't know if that matters to board members. Um, the other definition didn't have a percentage. They both include, may include other uses such as restaurant, including outdoor dining. Um, I think we asked, I asked Kathy about that and she mentioned we might not have to use the including outdoor dining because we do allow outdoor dining. I'm not sure, Bob, what your take is on that. Do we just allow outdoor dining everywhere here or do we need to mention it in a restaurant or brewery definition? Um, we already have outdoor dining um, up on Solomon Pond Road. Um, I'm yep. trying to think of any other places that actually have outdoor dining that is outside of the COVID um, uh, relaxation of, of the zoning bylaws. Um, so, um, I, you know, one, one of the questions I do have is you're talking about uh, a percentage of produ production capacity. Um, who sets that capacity number and at what point? Is it in the planning process or is it after the production facility is built and they decided to add another, uh, another tank or another set of um, 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 brew operations within the same building? Um, that's a very gray area um, that I think probably needs to have some more clarification. Okay, I mean, I can call Grafton and Shrewsbury. Those were things that Kathy mentioned she was gonna do. I could try to call them. Some towns don't even have capacity. So I didn't know if that was better to have it or not have it, but at least there's a max capacity in case it starts growing too large. I don't know the answers to your question, but I just use the towns either use the nano brewery at 6,000 barrels or a microbrewery at 15,000 barrels and carries, I mean, Kathy said it must be a standard number because that's what she sees too. Yeah, I mean, the, but the mm -hmm. thing is, if you have, a, you know, a, a, say a, a, 
a, a nano brewery come in and um, you know they have say two tanks and then yep. all of a sudden they discover they want to add three more okay their yep. production capacity just doubled um, so the amount you know 25 percent of double the original amount is a, is a big number um, yep. my question is um, who monitors that and isn't that a uh, probably a a, 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 a a, a total production capacity that should be agreed to at the planning stages as opposed to after the uh, facility is built? I would think so as part of the special permit. It'd be a condition because mm -hmm. it would all depend on the area. Like I would say like a warehouse or a building that might be bigger and big business west may not be as big in downtown business. So I would think the size. So are you guys asking about how much can be sold to other establishments like other businesses and restaurants and um, distributors? Because that's the way I read it, not to the general public. Right. Mm. That's in this one down here. But I thought Bob was asking how many like um, I, I was I was inquiring about total production capacity okay yeah um, Millie's talking about you know distribution and is that distribution directly to other bars or is it to a product uh, distribution facility or is it available for retail sale right right well, we can add that in. Mm -hmm. the, the brew pub talks about sold to other establishments and and the nano brewery just says establishments capacity which I took going out to either other establishments or being sold to the public. Mm -hmm. They seem like pretty standard definitions that all the towns use. So I guess yeah. I could call some towns and get their input. Amy, if you're uh, asking for input from the towns, maybe you could ask them why they felt that was necessary because it it seems like if 75 percent of their production has to be consumed on site then it's really more of a restaurant and a bar than it is a brewery to just to make the beer and there right. are different there are different i guess i would want to know why i mean usually the restaurant or the bar is limited by their seating and their parking more so than their production. Um, I'm just curious as to what difference does it make? Right. Right. She's very Yeah, I think that's exactly what they're trying to delineate is whether this is a restaurant that sells beer and brews it, but doesn't sell it to distribute distribute to other um organizations or vendors. So that's, I think that's why they have that capacity limitation. If you're greater than that, then you're something else. Mm -hmm. But it's a good question. Like Cold Harbor is pretty small, but they do sell some of their beer to other restaurants and Julio's liquor. So I don't know. I don't know how they're set up. I just tried to pick yep. definitions that I saw in majority of the towns. 
Hudson actually didn't even have a definition for brewery or nano brewery that I could find. So I don't even know how they do it because they have two or three right now. I don't know if they call them restaurants or what they do. Hmm. Okay, so is this the extent? And then beyond this, the bylaw consists of the definitions and then a use table, is that what's below? Right, the use table I put up here. Okay. So the nano brewery and the brew pubs were really smaller. So that I included in um, downtown business. I included the Nana Brewery and Brew Prob everywhere we have a restaurant that includes alcoholic beverages pretty much. Mm -hmm. So I thought they'd be similar because they're both small, but I actually put it by special permit and I included it in industrial where the restaurants weren't. Microbrewery goes up to 15,000 and that one I just excluded from downtown because I thought it might be too big but we could start small and just have nano breweries or brew pubs and not do the 15,000. And then the larger one, brewery, distillery, or winery, which didn't have any limit on it, which is what other towns do is an industrial only. So that's probably the larger capacity ones. Amy, can I ask just one question? Sure. Um, on your proposed table of uses in the yep. industrial yep. district, um, virtually every other use in the industrial district requires a special permit from the um, planning board. Yeah. And you've got it here as Board of Appeals. Yep. Sorry, I didn't. I get the feeling you didn't want to do that. No, I just made a mistake. <laughs> but thank you. Are you now, Bob, do you live in Grafton or Millbury? Do you I live around in... there? I live in Grafton. Do they have any brew pubs or breweries? I was just curious. Um, there are no specific brew pubs or breweries. Um, most of the places in town are restaurants and they will bring in, um, you know, beer from other ones. Uh, there is a little nano brewery in Upton uh, that has recently started up and they're doing very well from what I understand. Um, and I think they would come under the classification classification as nano brewery or brew pub because it's primarily primarily a beer establishment and they sell food you know snacks and stuff on the side um, primary use is, is brewery um, we don't have any of that in Grafton um, you know but we do have you know like Cold Harbor I think you can get at some of the bars and restaurants in town um, okay. you know, Grafton's these days is, is primarily um Cannabis. <laughs> yeah. Okay. In, in, in well, Grafton had the definitions. That's why I was wondering if if the definitions worked for them. Yeah, I, I haven't seen one, to be honest with you. I mean, I don't get out much um, to the local brew pubs. I'm yep. not a beer type. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I, I don't see any, I don't know of anybody who's actually making beer in Grafton, you know, on, a, right. on any kind of a commercial level. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. And are there other components to this or? No, it's pretty much just the definition and the use table. Okay, and, and the definition for the microbrewery is in here or not in here? Yep, it's underneath. It's the same thing, but it's 15,000 barrels except in, in Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. okay. Yeah. 
right. So any... for the nano, it says small scale production, and this doesn't say small scale. Got it. Okay. Any questions or comments from board members or staff? Um, I'd like to make a request. Um, any information that um, Amy is doing in her research with other towns that it comes back in writing from either the town planner or whoever she's getting it from. So we actually understand uh, what their zoning is there. So rather than I was talking to somebody and somebody said this, I'd like to see it in writing from whoever it's it like is, George. whether it's the town planner or town engineer when you're going out to do the research. That way we will understand when making a decision. Sure, I'll reach out to the town planners in an email. There just wasn't enough time today. I, I, I kind of thought Kathy might've made some calls. So I, I didn't want to do the same thing and overstep. Okay, and also um, just in terms of direction, are, are these, how do we feel about these levels? Does this look like, I know in the past we talked about all sorts of different components, but does this seem like a good start for us in terms of giving it a go? Well, I have a question. Can you just scroll to the top of that that um, use table, Amy, so we can see the top? Because yeah. I was just curious as to whether there are any restrictions that would prohibit I know most of the microbreweries or many of them have like food trucks and food. So are there any above that would prohibit that type of, of um, use as well? Like does, is a food truck allowed in industrial or is food allowed in industrial? It's so are food trucks in our bylaws? I don't think food trucks are even in our bylaws. No. And sometimes cafeterias are allowed in a warehouse, but it's an accessory use. So I guess that'd be a question for Bob more. Well, you, by what you have here, hotel motel conference center in the industrial district, a special permit planning board, you're not going to have a hotel motel or conference center without some sort of a commercial kitchen and food service. Okay. All right. Yep. And I put it under hospitality and food services because it made the most sense. Like there was retail sales, there was auto, you know, it just made the most sense. If anybody wants to go through their bylaws and look at the different zones or the different uses, mm -hmm. I can open it and read them all. So I had to pick where to put it. Put on 7-44. Seven, seven the page. Okay. Yeah. Well, on uh, mine, the blue copy. Um, so this through through the chair. Um, sure. If I may, um, I think it's appropriately placed. You okay. know, hospitality, food services, that sort of thing. And so, if you do look up this section, it's basically everything Amy has listed here, with these three added at the bottom. So everything okay. else is the same. And I, th I think if it went to town meeting, Kathy would normally cut out all the extra stuff, but I just listed it here to show what was in the, in the section. Usually she just gives like the three things. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. So it sounds like 
our primary questions are surrounding the production capacity. If we can get some clarity from the emailing the town planner. Okay, I'll do that. And I did email this all these definitions out to everybody today. Okay, so if anybody sees additional has additional feedback, um, we can discuss that. Does this well before Amy goes to the trouble? Does this seem like something we want to pursue to the next meeting? Yeah. I'm on board. Michelle, are you okay with pursuing it? Yeah, we just received this at 3 p.m., so we need to have some more information. Okay. So. All right. So we'll continue on um, the brewery journey. Thank you for pulling that together, Amy. Yeah, it was a lot, of work. a lot of work. Yeah. Okay, next I have um, signs, and this is something that Anthony had brought forward. He sent it over. For everyone to review, I, I will pull it up. I don't know if I can do it a whole lot of justice, um, but so that we can at least take a look at it together. Let's see. All right, can you see here signs? Mm-hmm. Ready? Okay, great. So this just looks like the bylaw in general. And then we don't have anything changing until we get to basic requirements. So again, I'm just gonna go through what I'm seeing. I don't, I can't add a lot of insight to it, but at least we'll have a chance to look at it. So it looks like we're removing, the suggestion is to remove call attention to. Uh, no sign shall be a part. Oh yeah, Bob. Um, I, 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 this is the one document that I was able to get through today. Excuse me. Um, call attention to, I'm, I'm not sure what he's looking to do by removing it. Um, you know, you, signs that advertise indicate the person occupying the premises or the business transacted thereon. That is all calling attention to what's what's happening on that property um okay. i suppose you know that those three words are actually redundant in the grand scheme of things because mm -hmm. um calling attention to does advertise the person occupying what's going on there you know the type of business is done okay okay um number three that he's got no sign shall be part of or attached to roofs um, that is already in the signed bylaw um, in business districts. Okay. Um, no roofs, no, no signs could be on any roof in any of the business districts within town. Okay. And by virtue of the residential, the signs in the residential districts, signs aren't allowed there anyway. Yeah, you couldn't do it. So, um, you know, sign what he's proposing is redundant because we already have it. Okay. Um, if you want to go down to number four, uh, wind driven, whirling, spinning, that's all flashing, moving, and animated. Um, we've always, or I've always said that, you know, anything that moves, whether it's on its own or by some other power like the wind, uh, is not an allowed use uh, for signs. 
um, you know, most specifically, you see these tall pin feather type mm. signs that looks like half a sail. Um, we're always chasing those because people just stick them in the ground. The next thing you know, we're out there asking them to remove them. Mm -hmm. um, and we use this particular part of the zoning code to say that they're not allowed. Um, one of the other things that he talks about, if I may jump ahead a little bit, he talks about um, you know neon ropes and things like that. And you know, it draws attention. Uh, if it's obviously, if it's going to be a, a danger, I would ask somebody to take it down, you know, because it's, it's too much. Um, it's arguable whether or not if it's a sign at all, whether it belongs in here. Mm -hmm. um, the, uh, it, it was something else I was going to say about that. Hang on a second, let me get to my notes. Okay. Okay, uh, it's not a sign, it's a decoration. Oh yeah, um, what would happen if somebody wanted to put balloons up for a day on their business? Um, I know that is balloons and, you know, the pennant banners and things like that, you know, that don't have any words on them. They're just visual, you know, there's no text on them, you know, but if somebody's having a grand opening or somebody's doing an open house on a, say, a residential open house, you know, they put a bunch of balloons up on the street corner. You know, are we really going to put up a big stink about that? I'm not sure. Um, but, you know, LED rope, strip lighting, uh, you know, the, the little triangular pennant flags that you see on car dealerships, mm -hmm. balloons, you know, I mean, how, how deep into, into that do you want to get? Um, typically, we don't see them here in town. Um, if, you know, we, we've got enough things like especially if they want to put them up in the air like those little triangular strips um those typically aren't allowed they need you know any type of a banner or temporary sign needs to be securely affixed to some sort of structure hmm. you know so, so just to clarify when you say the triangular the triangle strips you're saying that's not even that's not considered a sign or that's not allowed period no matter what it is well i wouldn't allow it because i, I deem it as a danger um and I, you can't call it a sign because it doesn't have any text on it to draw your attention or, or delineate what's going on on that property. Hmm. You know, it's, it's, it's a noisemaker. It doesn't communicate anything. Okay. So, so, so there, there may be a, you know, there may be discussion around that. Okay. Does, does um, inflatables qualify under stuff like that? Inflatables are not allowed. Not allowed. Okay. Because they move. Uh, it's like, like like those giant inflatable, <laughs> thirty foot tall <laughs> men that you see yeah. up there once in a while. Yeah. Um. Yeah, they're not allowed. Okay. Uh, it, it's yeah, they're not allowed. Thank goodness. Okay, so I'm um, just going to scroll back to make sure. Did any other members have questions about? what we just looked at. I just want to make sure I capture, I captured Bob's notes here. Any other notes on, we have call attention to, the attached to roofs, wind driven whirling spinning, I have notes for, and then we don't have any edits again for a little bit. Are there anything so far, anything else we want to capture up here? 
Okay. And then down here we have the note about the LED ropes, string or strip lighting. Right. Um, back to, <clears throat> let's go backwards, number 14. Um, banner signs are currently allowed by special permit as a temporary sign. Um, they're good for 56 days in any calendar year. Um, and they are um, used to promote a grand opening or a special event, um, like, a like a tent sale or you know, um, you know, a special sale for, I don't know, Apple Fest or, you know, we've got a new partner coming in or meet our new sales rep or whatever. Um, temporary permits, banners are allowed by, with a permit, pennants or not. Um, and the question I would have is uh, how does that, how do we control that? Um, maybe used one time only for grand openings for 30 days or less. So if somebody wants to have a special sale or um, a special event, you know, it's, it's Rocky's 50th anniversary. Can, we, can they put up a banner? Answer is no. If, if, if this goes through. So um, I'm, I'm, I'm just saying, you know, it, it, to, to use Michelle's um, words, um, unintended consequences may pop up with this particular, hmm. this, this, this particular um, thing. Maybe um, instead of grand openings, it could be for special events. I'm just well, thinking. I, if it's grand opening, special event, that sort of thing, that's already in, um, the, the sign bylaw uh, that talks about uh, temporary signs in the business districts. What, what is trying to be prevented by limiting that, I guess would be my question. What are we trying to prevent by having um, that prohibited? I'm just thinking, I'm just curious, yeah. Oh, I'm just thinking um, the very beginning, the purpose of the sign bylaw, mm -hmm. it talks about um, the very last sentence is simplicity in design and restrained use of signs are necessary to prevent a sign overload, which creates clutter and is as confusing as no signs at all. Like, I'm just thinking of myself here because when we started thinking about the sign bylaw, I drove up and down Main Street and there were certain places where I took pictures mm. that definitely have sign overload, whether it's banners and all the stickers on the windows. And and as a you know, a person driving by, I don't think it it adds anything to the store to have a million stickers and signs all over the front of it. Mm -hmm. So it sounds like the purpose is to prevent overuse, but not stop people from being able to announce a special event. Like if they had a 50th anniversary, I don't think we're right. looking to stop that sign. So well, the, the, the way it's written right now, um, it, it, it does have some measure of control in that any kind of banner or temporary sign is limited to no more than 15 square feet, which is only three feet by five feet. It's relatively small um, and you're limited to 56 days in a calendar year. 
So if you've got a business that occasionally runs, say they run a seasonal set of, say they run sales four times a year. Mm -hmm. um, you know, they've got one permit that covers them for the year. It's 56 days. You know, I, I, I drive all up and down the roadways too. If I see the thing out there every darn day, they've got an issue, <clears throat> mm -hmm. you know, but typically we leave it to the business owner to be on the honor system. And if they want to, you know, re-sign for the next year to do it again, they need to pull another permit. I think that one, maybe two in town that to do that. Uh, currently and they don't do it with um, banners they do it with like the little a-frame signs uh, mm -hmm. which again is a temporary sign it's permitted and it's regulated okay okay mm -hmm. all right let's see oops did I, did any other comments up here um the uh, the only other one I have, and I've got to kind of take it from two different spots. One is he, uh, Anthony talks about backlit signs, you know, in the business areas. And in his cover letter for um, the email that went out attached to this, he basically was talking about, um, you know, if this, if this was to pass a town meeting, every existing sign right now would be, um, I hate to use the term, but grandfathered, it would be pre-existing. And the way the bylaw is written for signs is that if they're maintaining the sign and they're only um, changing the sign in terms of refreshing the paint because it's faded or if it's broken, um, that does not constitute a new sign. A new sign is when there is new text a new owner comes in, but if you're refreshing an existing sign that's already there, that is a repair that does not qualify as a, as a, as a permittable uh, sign. So that's one of the things that, um, you know, he, he mentioned in his covering email, um, you know, talks about these signs have to conform to these updates when being replaced or wholly repaired. Um, again, that is already kind of a, uh, a provision we have in the sign bylaw. Whereas if you're just refreshing what's already there, no permits required. We get those phone calls quite often. Uh, any type of change to the text or the logos or the name of the business or a new business is an all new sign. Okay, and that's when, um, if this were to pass, um, we would have to have them you know, redesign the sign such that it would not be internally illuminated. There was one more thing. And then I'm gonna shut up because I've been talking way too much. I just wanted to speak to that when Bob is done. Yeah. Um, uh, you'd have to go down another page or two. To residential district, no illuminated signs. Mm. I have a question on that. Okay, hold on. Did I pass it? Yep. Right at the end? I did. Yep. Okay. Yep. Number three. As an industrial highway business. No. No. Business East. F. This? Oh, here. This. Yep. Uh, yeah, right here. Um, he wants to cross out 
that sentence and a half where the exceptions are. What he wants to do is, and he wants to cross out the phrase, a lawfully pre-existing non-conforming business use. That will probably be flagged by the attorney general because if it's lawfully pre-existing, um, it's allowed to continue in its maintained state until they change the business use or they change the sign or, or something like that. So um, I think that one's gonna have some um, structural issues uh, in terms of uh, uh, approval by the uh, AG's office. So we currently don't allow illuminated signs in a residential district, except for those conditions, right? Right. Okay. So if I were to have like a, my private drive sign with a light at the bottom, is that, that's landscape lighting, right? With, that's, that landscape not lighting, that's landscape lighting and directional. Um, that's not something I'm, I would worry about. I mean, it's, okay. if, it's, if, if it's got a house number and a light in it, I think that's okay. more of a, um, a a safety thing because you know numbers are required. Sure. Okay. All right. Know, as, as a first responder, if I saw a lit sign at the end of a long driveway, I'd be really happy. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> that's that's what I was. My only thought on that one. Yeah. But you know, here it's talking about a lawfully pre-existing non-conforming business use. So right. if somebody does have a uh, a home business that's legally pre-existing non-conforming. Um, you can't make them take the sign down. Mm -hmm. Okay. I wonder what this was trying to solve. Like, do we see this anywhere? Or I, maybe we can ask for an example of where right. we see. Yeah, that's, again... All right, and I didn't see any others through here. Yeah, no, oh. I don't think I saw any No. Okay, Amy, you said you had a follow-up to one as well? Yeah, um, after I received Anthony's, I was reading through it, and then I was going through different towns to review the brewery bylaws. So while I was in their zoning, I was checking out their signs, bylaws, and, um, one thing I did find if, let me see, I'm gonna pull up my document for myself here. If they did want to um, change what, like you mentioned, no illuminated signs or backlit signs. I do think what I've seen in other towns is, um, a section where it talks about non-conforming signs. I'm just trying to find it. I would add something on the bottom, non-conforming signs. And what I read today was any non-conforming sign and or support structure legally permitted and erected prior to the adoption of this provision or any amendments thereto, which remains unaltered. Oh, that continue to maintain, that's what we have. Um, 
non-conforming signs shall not be enlarged, rebuilt, restored, or altered except in conformity with this bylaw. So I think if the point that he wanted to make was to um, change the signs, you'd have to put a section on non-conforming signs in. There's only two or three sections. So, and I, I just started, I just got Anthony's today too. So I was gonna add in some of my updates and send it out for the next meeting. So are you asking on non-conforming signs that would be grandfathered to become conforming if they have to be redone? Well, like, well, like Bob said, our bylaw kind of already says that. Yeah. Any sign that's not being maintained in its exact form, like any sign that say it's like five square feet and becomes 10 square feet. Well, now it's being altered. So it would have to conform. Or if it if the person sold their business, I think it would have to conform because now the lettering is changing and even letters being altered is considered a change of sign. Well, it would that would, that would constitute a new sign. Yeah. And any new sign would have to uh, adhere to the current to the new uh, bylaw. Sign okay. bylaw. So it's, you know, it, it, uh, while I understand what you're saying, it's 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 built into the to the idea of having bylaws in the first place. Mm -hmm. It's built in, but I think just adding the one sign would make it obvious. And then I thought it made sense where Anthony added in. Um, scrolling down. Electric message centers number 12 are specifically prohibited because we talked about that at the last meeting. And um, Bob and Kathy thought, well, no, electronic message centers are allowed, but they're really not. They're only allowed in highway and industrial. But the only place it says that is in a little, in a sentence underneath highway signs and industrial signs. The other business signs, it doesn't say anything. So it's kind of left out. So if not permitted, then prohibited. Mm -hmm. But I think it does make sense just to call it out. Electronic message centers are specifically prohibited in downtown business, business east, business west, business south, because that's what we intended when we went to town meeting. I went back and I read the meeting minutes from 2018, and it's what we asked the bylaw to say. Mm -hmm. So I think so it doesn't hurt. written that way? Huh? So why wasn't it written that way? I don't know. Hey, you and Kathy wrote it, I guess. No, I didn't should. write it. <laughs> well, no, remember you, um, you and Kathy did all that with the electronic messaging sign with all the numbers and the, the yeah, it, it, yeah, the numbers, but I didn't, I wasn't worried or, or specifically involved with, you know, where these belong. That's mm -hmm. up for the planning board to figure out and make sure you have it right when you go to town meeting. Well, we said it and Kathy must have written it, but, and it's written in there, but it's hidden. It's like, it's deep down into the weeds. Okay. So I think well, if, having if, it as number 12 pulls it out. If you can show me that where it is existing, I'd love to see it because I'm, I'm, I'm missing it. Where it is written in the bylaw? Yeah. Okay. Um, do you want me to share my screen? You don't oh, have sure. to do it tonight. Just, just so I have it for background information because it's, it's a mystery to me. Okay. If you go down the highway business district under A, with freestanding signs, it says electronic message centers may be used as part of a freestanding sign. 
So it's spelled out, but it's not spelled out in the business districts. It's only there for industrial and, and for highway. So instead of saying it's prohibited in the other three, it just says it's allowed in the other two. Hmm. Do you have it right there, Bob? I'm, I'm looking, I'm looking. Okay, yep. Hmm. I've never been good at looking up stuff when I'm in the middle of a meeting. Oh, I know. Is, we won't put pressure on. We can, if you find us, let us know, or if Amy, you're going to. Yeah, it's, it's, it it's just a background. Highway Business District. Yeah. I do believe we lost Melanie. Um, so I don't know if she was taking meeting minutes. Oh, okay. Hmm. She, she would be, but also she'd show the recording if she. Wait, where are oh. you getting that from, Amy? Um, this is from, if you go to signs. signs and business districts, and then it goes to downtown, business east, highway business. So. I can even find it in the book. Yeah, I'm curious, just curious. <clears throat> yeah. So in the latest book I have, I go to page seven, one oh four. Oops, there's Melanie. Page seven, one oh four, and you see highway business district. Under A. The last sentence says 50 yes. square feet of changeable Space electronic changeable. message centers may be used as part of a freestanding sign. Yeah. It only has that in highway and industrial because that's what we wanted and it's left off of the other districts. But I think it makes more sense to call it out at the top because, you know, people, it's a lot of writing, I mean, reading to go through. Right. It's easier if it's just obvious mm. Mm. okay another thing i wanted to um talk about is um I took anthony's and then had questions to mine a lot of the districts it says wall sign shall not exceed 32 square feet in the area i i was wondering if we should really think about that instead of 32 square feet it should be probably a percentage of the wall because every wall is different. You can have a really small building downtown and 32 square feet is huge on that wall. Or you go up to Wegmans and their 32 square feet wall sign is too small. So they have to go and ask for a variance from the well, ZBA. That's, those, are, those signs up in that industrial district area are allowed 100 square feet. But, but you're right. Um, the wall signs up there, we get a lot of variance applications for larger than 100 square feet up in the shops district. Um, I think the ZBA has issued two or three of them in the past few years. Yeah. Um, one of the things that um, some other towns do is um, in terms of the width of the sign, it's, um, and it doesn't have much to do with square footage, but it's usually a third of the width mm -hmm. of the facade. So if the front of the building was 100 feet at the street, 
um, you would be allowed to, the sign maximum size for the sign for a single sign would be 33 feet. Yeah. You know, but what we do have in town is a lot of multi-tenant buildings. And um, I don't know if confining, you know, a tenant to a third of their space would be sufficient enough signage. Hmm. You see what I'm saying? I definitely so, think that's something I have to look into because it's a fine line. It's like you don't want it small, but you also don't want it too big where it's the whole wall of the building if it's a small building. Mm -hmm. Because mm -hmm. people driving by nowadays, I mean, I know when I'm driving through town, I'm not looking out my right side window to see what signs are on the, the walls of the building. So it just seems like it's additional signs. You usually type your address into your GPS and it brings you to where you're going. Either that or you're from North Road and you know where you're going. Mm -hmm. But it seems to have the sign out front and then signs on the walls. And then it just seems to start to get cluttered with all signs. So is your suggestion here to think about this as a percentage or that's not the suggestion? Yeah, no, that's what I was thinking about, maybe a percentage. And that way, the bigger buildings, you'd be able to see it. And the smaller buildings, it wouldn't be so big. There has to be like, a percentage. And yeah. Bob, you think standard is one third of the building's facade? So um, I, I've seen that in other towns. Um, I know Milbury has something about that. Um, and it was specific to uh, the Blackstone Valley shops. Mm. Uh, when I was when I was working in Milbury, um, it, it was a mixture of square footage for the sign, plus the overall width couldn't be a third of the tenant space. Wow, so both. Yeah, yeah that was a, that was a special sign package that was in the master permit for the that entire shopping area. You know, they had their own sign regulations for the just that one big project. Which kind of makes sense. Well, like even mm -hmm. with ours, because some of the buildings are really big. Yeah, we don't have that here. All it is is a use. You know, it's 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 industrial slash um, um, uh, MCOD overlay yeah. district. Yeah. You know, and that knows what we have to use. Right. Hmm. So I didn't have time to look at it and you probably didn't either, but I don't know if that's something for next week or next meeting, we could try to come up with a percentage versus 32 square feet. Okay, so I'm gonna add that. I'm gonna send this back over his way so he knows what, anything else that we wanna? provide for feedback here? Well, one thing that I saw in other towns too is, um, and I'm not trying to take it away from Bob, but when I first started on the planning board, a lot went into the sign and mm. what it looked like. We had to have who made the sign, but lately, I don't know if it's because everybody's gotten so busy, the sign is kind of like tossed aside and said, oh, it will be decided with the sign permit. But when I first started on the planning board, there was a lot of part of the site plan, there was a lot of detail going into what the sign would look like. And I'm not sure that's happening. And um, a lot of towns, what I was looking at for the brewery, when I looked at the signs, they said the signs had to be, go through um, design review. Hmm. Well, one of the things that's happened, you know, here in Northboro is that most recently, uh, any kind of signage 
um, from, in terms of uh, the special permit granting authority, the signs have been literally um, left up to the standard sign bylaws um, in, in, in the rule book, you know? Yeah. So that's all we really have to go by. Um, yeah. to, my, to my knowledge, there hasn't been, since I've been here, uh, which is almost coming up on five years, um, I don't know if there's been any sign requirements one way or another, either from design review or any of the um, um, special permit granting authorities. I mean, if, if, if the SBGAs want to put that in and, and have the design review looked at and the whole thing, that's fine by me. It, it, it literally, it makes my job easier. Yeah. I was thinking I mean, maybe we do that and have like the other towns had where it went to design review and there was, we can think about as a planning board or zoning board, there can be like a check sheet of what the applicant needs to submit. Are you saying this for any and every sign that goes up? Like the temporary ones, or are you limited no, to certain not, ones? <laughs> not temporary. Well, well did, every, every sign right? that goes up, you know, through through my department, you know, there's an application. Yeah. You know, yeah. The name, I check, I double check and make sure that the uh, zoning district is correct. I go straight to the book and see what is allowed. It's a wall sign of the downtown business district. It's allowed to be 32 square feet. You know, and it needs to be a certain height off, you know, can't be a certain, it has to be a certain height off the road. Right. It cannot be on a roof. It can't be on an awning. It can't be on a um, marquee or anything like that. And, and if it meets all of the requirements in the book, I issue the permit. Yeah. And then I go out and inspect it and make sure they installed it as, 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 as applied for. And so which ones, Amy, are you saying you are proposing to go through design review? Well, mostly at a new building. I just, I'm using an example. When I first started, um, Moe's Auto Repair was going in and there was a big to-do about the sign. Like the sign, the person who was doing the sign actually came to the meeting and they talked about, you know, how big the sign was and what the sign was going to look like. And I just feel like it, that's fallen off the radar lately. Okay. So for new buildings, you're saying they used to go through design review and you guys, or design review would- Millie, can I clarify? Yeah, please. A new, an applicant who's building a building, I've been on the board 18 years, you go back from CVS or even the applicant that Amy's mentioning, mm -hmm. they go before the design review committee, right? And as part of that, you talk about signage, right? Sometimes the applicant might not know who his tenants are, but we'll let you know where the signage is going to be, what it's going to look like. So that's always been done, right? Mm. If you have a standalone like CVS, they'll often show you what their signage is going to be, right? Um, in the case of Moe's, as Amy was saying, often when they go to the design review committee, that same group of individuals that have presented to the design review committee, then present to the planning board. Probably at that time, Amy was new, and they probably showed at that time what the signage was gonna look like. By the way, at that time, it was an electronic messaging board that was approved by the board at that time. And so that's the process that's always followed through. Um, it's, it's never dropped off. It's always gone through the design review committee, unless at that point, they don't know whether their tenant's gonna be a dentist or an attorney or 
what professional use is going to be there or the name of the restaurant. At that okay. point, they would tell the design review committee and they also tell the planning board at that time, we don't know who our attendant is going to be. And then Bob Federico and staff will say, well, here's the process you can go through as far as you follow the bylaw, which you've approved here. So that's the process. It's not that no one's talking about it. It's always been talked about for years. And when they know who the applicant is, it's always presented at design review, approved at design review, discussed at design review, filtered through at design review. And then the same process happens at the planning board when the applicant presents it. Thank for 50 so I have a question also yep, with sure. regards to Bob Federico. I have a question. On number three on, I'm not sure what page it's on. It's under F in residential districts. What do you define as an illuminated sign? What's illumination uh, mean to you? Does that mean I have a standalone sign right now and I have floodlights highlighting it when it gets dark out? What does that what does that mean to you? No illuminated signs. What does that no mean? No illuminated you? sign for me, um, mm -hmm. and this could run both ways, is no lights are on it. Okay. Period. I mean, you have externally illuminated or internally illuminated or not illuminated. So, okay. you know, if you want to, you know, it, 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 those distinctions need to be made because I think one of the things that Anthony was 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 intending on was having the signs be externally illuminated. I'm, I'm 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 probably putting words in his mouth, but that's my gut in terms of where I think he was going with this. Mm -hmm. um, you know, having the backlit signs and things like that. But that's that's a big thing to change because right now um, most of the signs need to be done that's physically attached to the building needs to be individual cut letters. And those are usually LEDs lit from the mm -hmm. inside. Um, so, you know, it, it, this, just by striking out certain sections of this, um, you know, he's only done about a 10th of the work. He's gonna go back and change the actual design of the sign uh, where, it's, where it's listed in the book. So the reason that I'm bringing this up, Bob, is that this has significant impact on very uh, many parcels of land within town. Mm -hmm. So um, that means you could have um, a sign that's there with externally lit at night. And that's going to, in fact, impact. Well, in a residential sign. district, no aluminum sign shall be permitted. Except it has a pre-existing. They already exist right. in town. Right? right. And so he wants them, the ones that exist in town, he does not want any lights on them after right. 4 p.m. Right. In the residential. In the residential. Okay. Is there an instance where we would want residential signs illuminated? In pre-existing, yes. Okay. So, so getting back to this one, your comment is, if it's so similar to Bob, but different reasoning, you're both saying that if it's pre-existing, non-conforming, it should be allowed. Absolutely. Pre-existing pre non-conforming by its by its definition under 40A is that um, you cannot you cannot order somebody to take a sign down or stop the use of the sign um, simply because you passed the law saying and it's no longer right. allowed. Okay, they the 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 owner of the sign 
would have to either take it down or apply for a new sign or a different design of sign. Um, we, we can't send him a letter saying, now that we've passed a, a new regulation, you've got to take it out. Okay, all right, I just wanted to know. And yeah. so to the chair, let me give you a good example of why maybe he wasn't, didn't know what he was doing when he was writing this. A, a, a major pre-existing non-conforming business is Davidian's farm stand. Davidian's farm stand could not have any lights highlighting their sign. It's a pre-existing, it's a residential area, it's a standalone sign, they have floodlights on it. By doing this, you then shut off and darken their sign. Okay. Got so it. you need to look at, these are unintended consequences that the board needs to look at on how they're impacting their business community. It, it, that's not a pre-existing non-conforming business though. It's a, it, but it is a pre-existing non-conforming sign because the pre-existing non-conforming is for the business. Is that correct? Well, you can have a pre-existing non-conforming business and a pre-existing non-conforming sign, but they're so not this because they're agriculture. About the business, though. Yeah, they're agriculture. So, actually, there are, so ones town, maybe there are other ones in town that you're going to impact. Sure. You guys need to do your homework. Okay, so it sounds Thank like you. your feedback on that one is just to think about other businesses in residential areas that could be impacted if we cross that out. And likewise, Bob has feedback that that may not fly anyway because the AG is going to look at that and think that that's not possible, period. Yeah. Okay, so I captured both of those comments. I, I have a really quick question, I think, that is there a difference between a an internally lit sign and a backlit sign? Yes. What is, what is the difference? Just out of curiosity. An, an, an externally illuminated sign is, think of it as, you know, painting a sign on a sheet of plywood. Oh, I meant back. internally lit. Internally lit. And backlit. Lit, it's lit from the back. Internally lit is basically lit from the back. So there's a, a light box, if you will, with electronics and a light bulb in it. Right. And then the sign is actually nothing more than a panel. Right. Um, if you go to the back dark age, it looks like a slide. You know, acts like it, the light comes right. from behind it. And that's, and that's how it's lit from internal, you know, inside the box. But is that the same as a backlit sign? Yes. Okay, yes. I thought so. Because it's lit from the back of the sign as opposed to the front of the sign. All right, so they're interchangeable. Yes. Terms, okay. Okay, any other comments on this one? So um, Amy, I know you had your copy up, but in the say at the same time, I was taking notes on the copy that I already added comments to. So yeah. um, I'll, I'll share that back with Anthony, um, but then if you don't mind sharing your amendments too, it'll help just maybe sure. as a reference. Yeah. Okay. These are just notes. Um, right now we have definitions, signs, basic requirements. I was just thinking adding the non-conforming signs if, if this is what the board decides to go through with, which is the B sentence that I, I read out loud before. It wouldn't mm -hmm. go here, it would go at the bottom, but those are my notes. Um, that's just the highlight. I don't think I had anything else. I just wanted to talk about the um, sign percentage. And I can, 
Oh, this is the part with the design review board. If we want to add that back in. This is what a different town had. Okay, so if you share, I put a note in my version that you had additional um, amendments to share. So if you just can share that. Um, sure, I think that was the only thing right now and I can share anything that I really just, you know, we just got it this morning. So mm -hmm. those were my quick first looks. Okay, all right, great. So I will send that back his way. And then um, on to the next one. So we have, remind me, so at the last meeting, I wasn't able to stay for the full meeting. We had on the table at some point, the commercial either doing an overlay or adding uses. Did we decide anything there at the last meeting? Is this bylaw still on the table? What was it? Sorry. It was where the um, commercial district, uh, I'm sorry, the commercial, Yes, that's right. The commercial districts, we talked about adding, no, industrial, we talked about adding a commercial overlay to industrial districts or opening up new uses in industrial. Did I get I that right? Yeah, I don't think we, we didn't talk about it any further. Okay, so it doesn't, oh, you know what, this was Anthony as well. So he didn't send anything for that. So I don't know if there's any further actions or thought on this one. I think the spirit of this one was how do we allow other uses in industrial without, of course, like opening a can of worms, but at the same time, you know, we, we've been getting the same types of businesses over and over again. So is there an opportunity, like in the past, we did the, the gym, and then we were able to have on Cedar Hill the um, soccer field, or, you know, are there different uses we can allow that would give us more opportunities in industrial? I don't know if we thought about that at all, or any thoughts on that now? I tried to look today too when I was going through the other bylaws. I mean, just what other towns did was they they list what's allowed in residential, then they list what's allowed in commercial. And then there were a few things in industrial and they said everything in commercial plus the few things they added in industrial. But we're a different town, so that might have overreaching. You know, all bylaws are so different. A lot of them, even in industrial, have building sizes like they allow a grocery store, but it can only be between 20 and 40,000 square feet. So it probably needs more thought. Mm -hmm. Okay. Any meaning? Okay. In, in conjunction with what was mentioned with the MPIC, that would be, yeah. I think, a more productive. Yep. Okay. What I did mention, though, at the last meeting when you weren't here is, the master plan implementation committee is doing, at least they're going to look at it for our next meeting. They're talking about a check sheet of items that they might ask the consultant to do. And right now they all are downtown. But I was wondering if part of the process we could ask them, they were going to do a market study mm -hmm. of what type of what type of uses would be good in the downtown area. And I was thinking while they're hiring that firm could ask maybe for a quote with how much would it be to do a market study of our industrial while we're doing it, you know, and that way we'd be ready for next year. Mm -hmm. Because if we only have a handful of things allowed in industrial and we get complaints about certain things, maybe we want a market analysis to say, okay, what are other towns doing or what do you think Northboro should be adding into our mm -hmm. industrial area? 
Mm -hmm. So I don't know how much a market analysis is, but I was just, if we had the consultants and they're going through the process, I thought maybe it'd be, maybe I'll ask MPIC if they decided to do a market analysis, can we do it not only for the downtown, but for the industrial district? Okay. I don't know. It's up to the board. I actually wondered if the board wanted to, if, if we wanted to write a memo asking if they would consider it. Or since we're the liaisons, we can just bring it up either way. Yeah, maybe just, I mean, I don't care either way. I'm just, if you just bring it up as a, what do you prefer one way or the other? Is one way easier for you or? I don't know. I don't know. Because right now it's in downtown. So they might say to wait, which will leave us hanging. So I don't know. Okay. Um, well, any thoughts on board, the board members wanting something like that? Is it helpful to us so that, you know, it's difficult for us to blanket uses on without information? Is this, would this information be helpful for us to open up industrial? I, I don't know that it would hurt, but I don't want to waste a lot of time or money on something either that we don't really have a, a sense of, of um, direction on or what we but get I think from it. I think that's think what the they role would give us. We would ask that. I think the role of Amy and Millie's role on the master implementation committee is to have these discussions with the other members. So I think first they need to have the discussion. Have you guys had the discussion? Well, it's really the master plan the is discussion. really. Um, well, Michelle, for for um, CPC, housing went forth for housing, and they did not have the discussion with master plan implementation. So right now in open space has been doing things that didn't go in front of the master plan implementation. So I was having a discussion with our board if we thought it would be worthwhile to bring it up with them that we'd want a market analysis of the industrial. Or do I'm we just think that you'd want to have a discussion with the master plan implementation committee about what's the process? If they were going to do it, would you get the feedback in time? Are they going to, is there ample time to do it later on in the year? I just think you should have that discussion with the master plan committee. Yep. But what a lot of boards are trying to do is they're checking off their action items if they can. It's not all a major discussion. Okay. So it sounds like what's on the table is do we want some sort of analysis on industrial? so that we can make a better informed decision of what we could possibly add to industrial. Is that, is that what the analysis would accomplish? Yeah, the market analysis. So do we actually, when they do the market analysis on downtown, is that, do we have any details on what that consists of? And maybe that'll help us think of like time, how long that takes or costs or anything at all, or we don't even know what is involved with the downtown analysis. Right. I think at our next meeting, they're going to, they had a checklist of all the items that they could do. Mm -hmm. And they're going to get back to us with which ones we were doing. But I did ask them at the last meeting, master plan, how much all of it would come to. But I don't know, if, I don't know if you remember, Millie, if that included everything on the list or just the design study. I can't remember. I think it was the initial design study. 
And yeah. what did that cost? We didn't really know what downtown was going to be. So that was kind of the first element of what's our, where is our downtown? They really weren't going to give us a quote until we get, had some of that. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. So. Uh, so, yeah. so the, the consultant for master plan is, is guiding the process on master plan and also quoting out additional services. Mm -hmm. But okay. I don't know if they're all going to be through that person, VHB or if he's quoting it out. So I guess we can wait till the, after the next master plan and maybe he'll break them down by price and we can get a sense of how much a market analysis is. Because before Kathy left, she even mentioned the planning board has money. So if that's something we feel is important and maybe we don't. Well, also, I don't know why that doesn't go to RFP. I don't know. I, I guess that's something I'll follow up on. It, pro it probably will go to RFP. They're just, he's coming up with a scope. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. All right, so maybe we'll have more information if they if we will at least know what kind of the price range we're talking about, what kind of timeline we're talking about, and then see. In the meantime, does it sound like the board is interested in entertaining any sort of bylaw related to industrial or no? I don't think so because I don't think we're at that point. Okay. Yeah. Millie, Michelle, same. Do you feel the same way? You don't have any information to develop a bylaw this short period of time for town meeting. Okay, so you feel the same way not to? Exactly, yes. Okay, and M Millie, you as well. Mm -hmm. All right, so we'll revisit that. Let me just write some notes there. Okay, uh, next on my list, I have the moratorium slash definition. So I'm going to pull that up. And I don't know if you got a chance last time to take a look at it. Let's see. Okay, can you see path one revisit definitions up here? Yep. Okay, so um, in the past, we've obviously talked about two different pathways, either thinking more, thinking a little bit more about the definitions that we have, or potentially uh, moving towards a moratorium. And the point of a moratorium would be to take a period of time with specific goals to investigate, you know, what, what are the issues happening? How can we better prevent them? What can we do as a town? How can we make sure we don't keep getting the same results over and over again by just putting the things in place that protect us as a town? And that would be done through the moratorium process. So I don't know if anyone had a chance to look at this. I sent it before the last meeting, but um, open to comments and feedback. And what do we have here? So any thoughts on, is it the definitions that we need to, that we should look at? Or is it, do we truly need some sort of moratorium here? Is everyone on mute? <laughs> yeah, now I'm just trying to really oh, process. Yeah. Um, well, I guess one thing we I don't think you before. can do. I mean, okay. can you do one without the other? If if you're changing the definition. Oh yeah, I think in my mind, and I don't know if, if you guys disagree or not, 
um, either we revisit the definitions or we take a moratorium and we could at that time look at our as part of what we come up with a, a solution look at our definitions yeah um, I guess one thing we talked about before is what are the issues that we're seeing that we'd be trying to solve with a moratorium so mm -hmm. obviously we're not just looking to shut down a use and then come back and say oh okay that you know solved it that put a band-aid on it I mean we'd have to decide as a board that we think there are serious traffic or safety hazards that are impacting mm -hmm. the town. And we need, we can't just keep doing what we're doing. We need a solution. We need time to sit down and come up with a solution. Mm -hmm. um, is that the way we feel about it? Or do we think it can be solved? You know, do we, I don't think definition solves necessarily the, if, if we believe there are traffic and safety hazards, they're significant right. enough. I don't think, so Millie, that maybe that's what you're getting at. Kind I don't of. think definition solves that. Right. It was just two different paths that we talked about in general. I mean, I do think that it's important to get the data that would support our seeking a moratorium, because if you're going to go to town with this, there are people going to ask, why are you doing this? What's happening? And what are you trying to what are you trying to accomplish? That's a great point. I wondered if um, for part of that, you know, we had CMRPC do that audit where they came mm -hmm. through Bartlett Street and they looked at specific areas and they pulled all this data together. Mm -hmm. um, and, and some of it was concerning. Some of it, um, I think we've, things have been done along the way that have helped alleviate it a little bit. Like the, the Borislav one just put in the safety zone. Right. You know, little things like that. The, um, the engine brake signs are up now. I think Amazon and a couple of the others over there have been working hard to get people to take the right turns. Um, so I, it, you know, we have all of that in place, but then when we look at the data from CMRPC, from that audit, and then maybe some regional data, it seems like towns are taking the time to stop and look at this and figure out I mean, I'd love to be able to sit down regionally and look at this, but I, I don't think that's what this moratorium will necessarily accomplish. Um, what do we do if two more warehouses, trucking and distributions, or I'm sorry, transportation and distribution uses come in, or three more, four more, like will our band-aids that we're doing now stretch to cover that, or are we gonna be in big trouble? I don't know. Well, one of the questions that I had is that when towns have something like subdivisions come in, they phase them in so that the municipal services, schools, and those um, amenities aren't overloaded. So is there a way to maybe install that type of situation where you have, because I, I kind of looked previously, and I'm not sure if I have my numbers right, but the biggest issue was that we had so much square feet of distribution and warehousing come on board in such short period of time. Mm -hmm. And so is there a way to maybe manage that going forward so that we're not in that, that same situation? I, 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 at least that's what I, I'm understanding is, is part of the where, why we are where we are at on this. Millie? Yeah. I think an answer to your question is, have you looked at Solomon Pond Mall versus e-commerce? And that answers your question. M meaning, uh, meaning, yes, I know, e I totally understand that. 70% yeah. of shopping. Yeah, no, I, and I get that. I, I so see that's that happened that's in that's going. 
what's happened over the past, yeah, you know, three to four years, and, the transition. I, yeah, and it's just really, really um, very sudden and accelerated. And I think that it's going to continue. So are our bylaws in a place that protects us? In, the, in this extreme case of you know, accelerated e-commerce growth, are we in a spot where our bylaws keep us above it or are we trailing behind it? And what can we do to at least keep pace, if not get ahead? Well, I think all warehouses aren't created equal. So I do think they have to be defined but um okay but then it's what do you allow like does your town hit a point where you have so many trucking bays that I mean, you work for something else we are ideally located for a lot of these distribution uh businesses so that's a fact Mm. But Marlboro is too on the other side and they don't have all trucking, you know, could have a mix, like, which is why you have permitted uses, special permit uses and prohibited. When you reach a certain amount, sometimes you say, okay, now we want something different. Mm -hmm. I mean, is it worth taking a public hearing to see what we get for feedback in general? I think we would need a moratorium to figure out what, you know, what has to be done. I know when I, I was on that panel in Spencer, was it Spencer? No, it was Sutton. The woman, I mean, I think they worked two years to work out the right way for FedEx to come in mm -hmm. or not for Amazon. It wasn't just they came forward and they were automatically in and then you backpedaled. It went to town meeting and then it got rejected and then they had to do it again. They actually had to write a bylaw to allow there. I think it's a, the last mile, but the hmm. first time they did it, they went to town meeting and their town meeting actually denied it. So it took two years to figure out what they wanted to do. Where ours is kind of like an open warehouse and someone comes in and then we backpedal. But I don't know how we fix it. So I think well, that's what a moratorium I'm, might do, right? You work with CMRPC and. Carrie, can you just repeat what you said? Uh, I, I was just going to speak. I didn't say it yet. So I don't know. Yeah, you did about. your last statement that you made. You Which said, should we hold a public hearing? Oh, when yeah. You, yeah. Should we hold a public hearing in March? Well, that's what I mean. Should we bring this to a public hearing in March? Well, like, I guess we, if you're going to have it as a bylaw, you have to present it as a public hearing. I guess I, I didn't understand that. Oh, comment. yeah. No, I just meant, um, you know, rather than if we pick it. So say tonight we say, oh, we don't, we're just not going to do it. We don't know what to do. You know, do we want additional public input? Like just progress it forward and get some input on it. Oh, I, I thought you meant like a special meeting. Oh, no, no, no. I'm sorry. No, um, no, that was my understanding. Um, what was I going to say then? Oh, Amy, you brought up a good point about that last mile piece, because maybe too, what we're not doing is we, and this is maybe the point you're trying to make that we have it such at a high level that we don't have it drilled down to like, maybe we don't 
mind the X, Y, and Z, but it's something like a last mile that we can't talk, that we can't bear the traffic of, or it's, you know, it's those certain levels that we can't really absorb well, but maybe we could, if it's just a warehouse with medical supplies, that doesn't impact us in the same way. So that's really hard to get around, I feel like. Right. Well, I think there's, if you go up to the definitions, um, like I didn't even break the it first down. one is the building related facilities where goods, products, or materials owned by a single entity. So I think like it might even be in Northboro. Don't we have one for Lowe's over in Westboro where it's like a storage facility and they store all their stuff, extra materials? Is that true, Fred? Or, but that's different than an Amazon last mile. The warehouse. Uh, yes, it is different than the Amazon last mile. Uh, there is a building in Northboro that a portion of it is used for housing materials uh, that are distributed through Lowe's home improvement stores. I don't think uh, Bob could help me out, but I don't think the whole building is utilized for that, that purpose. No, excuse me. Um, no, it's not. Um, I think only a third of the building or 40% of the building is used by that one particular tenant. Uh, the other tenant spaces is used, I believe, by uh, uh, Metri, which is a, uh, a wood molding um, uh, warehouse and distribution center. And they, and they distribute primarily to, um, you know, lumber yards and Lowe's and Home Depot and you know, national lumber and Koopman lumber and things like that. You can't just drive in there as a, uh, a Saturday Joe homeowner or even a contractor for that matter and pick up materials. Mm -hmm. But it probably has less trucks coming in and out than say in the Amazon last mile. I have no idea. I mean, it's, it's, it's probably yeah. a safe guess, but it's, it's I'm, you know, I'm not the accounting trucks. Is this right. 301 we're talking about? Yes. Oh, okay. Okay, so I guess getting back to the, the heart of the matter, Amy, was there something else you want to look at? You were just no, but I guess they're not all created equal. So if we did redo our bylaws for warehouses, we could break them down to different kinds and you could probably could, you know, if you wanted to allow one last mile, but not, I don't know, or no last miles because we already have the middle mile. Mm -hmm. I think that would be something to talk about with CMRPC though. Because they've been working with a lot of different towns on this. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. Is So then is this something, is what we need to do to our bylaws and you know, staying ahead of this, is it a moratorium that helps solve this or what can we do as a planning board? I mean, we did the moratorium for duplexes. We did it for marijuana. We did it for solar. It didn't make or break the town. I say we bring it to town meeting and see what the people want. Okay. Actually, I want to clarify that, Amy. You did the moratorium on duplexes. Mm -hmm. And when we came back, then the first applicant, you denied it. And now you're in court with them. So well, I denied obviously the waiver. <laughs> Well, that's because the applicant, the applicant wrote a waiver. Did not work. 
that was allowed at the very last minute. And I actually <laughs> didn't agree with the waiver. Work. And either did Judy Barrett, who was our, um, we hired her as a consultant and three of the board members went against her suggestion. And I wasn't one of them. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> Okay. All right. So do we want to bring this forward and see what the town thinks or even, you know, get feedback at the scheduled public hearing for this purpose? It sounds I'm like okay bringing it forward. Okay. And Amy, nothing, you're okay. It sounds like to get more information. Yeah. I'm wondering if for the next meeting, we also write an article for the definitions and you could have both in there. And then if the moratorium goes through, you pass over the one behind it. But if the moratorium doesn't go through, then you don't pass over. That's happened before too. We did that for the marijuana. Marijuana had a follow-up that got passed over because the first one went through. All right, so I don't. I can take that on as an action item to create some additional definitions. And if anyone has suggestions, I think we heard last mile. Um, Michelle, is e-commerce a, a, something you think um, definition-wise? Is that what you had mentioned? I'm just, I'm actually reviewing what you're sending to me, but what you're doing here is you're affecting e-commerce throughout the town, the potential growth, how to move forward. So, you know, I don't really understand what the problem is. I don't think you and Amy seem to be the person backing this. I don't think you've identified what the problem is. I think, you know, you're just concerned about the last few lots that are left to be built out that are now. So I think you need more information. As Millie said, when she opened up in the meeting, what is the problem? What are the traffic problems? Where's the data? How are you going to convince people at town meeting? Yeah, and for I sure. I presented that yet. Um, no, it's a great point. I think we definitely need to pull that together and make a compelling case for it. Um, but the question at hand is, is that if that doesn't pass, what definitions do we want? And I'm asking you if you want e-commerce, some sort of e-commerce definition included. Yeah, I think you should have e-commerce, but this is all e-commerce. These three definitions are e-commerce. Okay, so that satisfies the point that you were making before. I just wanna make sure your feedback is incorporated as well. And it sounds like Amy, you mentioned last mile. Any, so if any others, if you can't think of any now, um, feel free to send them over. And then in the interim, I'll go back and I'll, I'll take on the action to just add some definitions here. So if we, you know, we come to a point where we decide, we can either decide to move forward present moratorium and do the Passover, or maybe we find out early enough, maybe we have in our public hearing that we present whatever information we have, it doesn't seem compelling enough, and we go, we still have the definitions in our back pocket. So it's sort of a... Is there any way you can reach out to CMRPC? Because those three definitions were done by Sutton and CMRPC. Is there oh, sure. any way to reach out to them with those three definitions? And, you know, because Sujatha, knows Northborough because they've been working with Northborough and say, are there any other definitions you feel that Northborough 
needs in their bylaws to appropriately house the different types of warehouses. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, that's a great idea. All right. Because she might see those three and say you've covered all bases, or she might say you're missing this, this, and that. Okay, so then the next question would be, if we were to come out with definitions, how does that change? Like, then would there be certain, so say, let's get to the last mile example. So say we make a definition for last mile. What is it about that? that is that just not allowed? Is it is so then it comes down to the use table at that point. Mm -hmm. But why create a definition that's not allowed at all? I think you need to define what you're talking about, Carrie, when you say the last mile. Are you saying the last mile of your industrial land is not allowed to oh, be in any type of warehouses? What do you no, say? No, no, no. I mean, um, so Amazon, when they categorize their different distribution centers, there's that last mile is the one with like all the little vans that go out and do all the home deliveries. So there's like the, the first, I don't know if they call it the first mile. I'll just pretend they do. Um, that's when the, you know, all the big trucks come in. And I think, I don't know what the one we have now. Is that a middle mile? I'm not sure. Middle. It's a middle mile. And then the last one's just those little small delivery vans we see in our neighborhoods, but it has the most amount of traffic coming in and out of it. So I don't mean the last mile of industrial. It's a type of um, trucking operation. So the reason it matters is because if we're having a traffic issue over there and we put in something that has the highest volume of traffic, then that might be something that we look at differently than just a warehouse that, that has medical supplies. So it would just be a way that we could possibly address the solution without, without the moratorium. Okay, so I will, we'll have to think about that use-wise, but I'll go back and at least definition-wise see like what, if CMRPC has other suggestions for what you know, how this really breaks down or how it's realistically breaking down in today's environment versus, I don't know when we created our industrial uses, but I'm sure it's outdated regardless. So at a minimum, or at least updating our bylaws to be more current with the actual businesses that are coming to town. And um, maybe Sujatha too, because they've been so involved in it with the definitions, maybe she could answer which type of warehouse she would recommend, or are there any type of warehouses she would not recommend for Bartlett Street because they've been doing the studies on it. Hmm. Right, and remember we had, um, one of the applicants presented in a traffic study, um, the actual, you know, some things were called parcel, whatever, and that, that kind of warehouse had X volume of traffic. So we can then tie it back to all that data, getting back to your point, Michelle, about how we can present this with information and statistics. Um, so if we break it down in that way, we'll be able to tie it to direct traffic information by, what is the organization that does the traffic data? Fred or Bob, do you remember? Anyone on the board remember? The Institute of? Traffic and Safety, not that one. Uh, Institute of Traffic Engineering. IT, okay. yeah. Okay. Um, just for clarification, Carrie, um, with your statement that the industrial has not been updated, 
most communities do major rezoning and our last major rezoning, which I think was probably seven years ago, maybe I'm not to know exactly when, was when all the boards, committees and commissions worked together under the major rezoning and that's when the industrial was done at that time. Okay. So it's not as old as you're portraying it to be. It's actually okay. been updated and along the way been tweaked when the need, you know, when everything, anything was presented that we felt needed to be updated. So it is not something that's from the 1980s, from the 1990s. Well, I just we, say that we because, hired a, yeah. um, a consultant for it and all the boards and committees approved it. It went for town meetings. So it was 2008, that, uh, 2009. Yeah. Okay. But um, it was before all this e took off. Well, I'm just kind of joking in a way. We still mentioned floppy disk in this. So I imagine it's a little dated to be talking about floppy disk. <laughs> but no, that's a great point. So we'll have to, um, I mean, to whatever extent we can update it to current day, I think is a, a, a minimum win on this one. Hmm. I think a lot of surrounding towns are doing it. Okay, anything else on this one? I have an action item here. All right, um, I think I have on the same sheet, oh, so we may as well cover it now, though it's not next on my list, but we'll just jump to it. Um, so this is for the use variance potential bylaw. Um, I don't know if any further discussion happened at the last meeting. Um, this, I think it's pretty straightforward. I don't know if questions or comments about it. No, we didn't talk about it. Oh, okay. It was mentioned at the master plan though, implementation committee. Oh, really? Under what, what under what premise? Um, we were talking about um, downtown and um, Dario DeMar went into a discussion about downtown. He does a lot of master planning. He talked about sidewalks and about streets and intersections, but he yeah. did say that he noticed that their use parents was still there. And in the community development plan, it was mentioned to take it out because as long as there's a use variance, you know, you can override anything that you're going to be looking for in the master plan. Like say you want to take out gas stations or take out this, that, or the other thing, as long as there's a use variance, it's a loophole. Those weren't his exact words, but it was interesting that he brought it up. I mean, obviously this one would be, this has been in the back and forth for years. Um, I think from my perspective, that, to what you said, Amy, about you can never fully achieve what you want to in your zoning for as long as they exist. And most towns have started to get do away with them. Mm -hmm. So I think we're behind the times on this. I don't know why it's been such a hard sell in Northborough. I don't know if we can overcome that or not, but I'm willing to give it a try. I don't know how the board members feel about it. I guess you leave it there and then, you know, people, we can make public the public hearing and see who comes and if they have any input. Could always take it off because I think like they said, the public hearing is before it goes to print. So if in the public hearing, it's, um, you know, there's a lot of reasons why not to do it. Then we could just take it off. Okay, any other comments on this one? 
Is this something that we should talk to the zoning board, DBA about? Yeah, so I, I sent out a note to the chair to invite them to attend uh, one of our meetings for feedback. I just have to reach back out. Um, I, don't, I don't think Kathy sent anything in the interim before she left, so I'll just reach back out to the chair. And um, I was thinking for our next meeting if, well, I'll ask board members now, can, is, does everyone have the ability to maybe start a half an hour early next time to accommodate, you know, just getting some feedback from the ZBA? Well, we'd probably have enough time within our regular meeting, if not. Otherwise, I think we'd either start at 5.30 and start with that, or we could start our regular time. What's the availability of the board? Uh, is that the I don't think you have any applicants at the next meeting, so why would you start earlier? Yeah, that's true. We may probably not have plenty to. of time. Sure, I'm open to that. Do you want to start at normal time? Sure. Okay. Millie, is that okay with you? It should be fine with me. I'm trying to think. I, I know I have an appointment in one Monday, but I don't think it's that one. Okay. You're, well, if we just start at normal time. So okay. we're thinking to start at normal time. Yep. All right. So you, that'll be great. So we'll get some feedback on that. Um, in the past, so what we looked at before, just in terms of in the spirit of finding data and information, um, we have that whole history of what's actually been approved for use variances. I, I went through the decisions and then sent, I think it made its way to the entire board. I'll re-forward it again, if not, um, of just use variances over the last few years. And they're just, there haven't been many. So I don't know to what extent it's truly problematic, um, but I, it'll be good to get some feedback from the ZBA as well. Obviously this doesn't mean as the board knows, but just for the public's benefit, um, this doesn't mean dimensional variances. So if people have signs or things like that. Um, dimensional, this doesn't impact dimensional variances. Okay, uh, I'm gonna stop sharing here. All right, next on my list, I don't know where this one stands. This one, there was a pro uh, proposed amendment for a groundwater committee. Amy, that was you, I think. Is there something there? No, they haven't met, so I think I'll just wait to see what happens. Okay. I think uh, Anthony was going to talk about it. Oh, that's right. Okay. Okay, am I missing? So we no longer have the overlay. We no longer have the the um whatever would be the, the exception of square footage on the splitting the lots. Uh, any, am I missing one? Fred, we're waiting for you. No, we're good. Okay, oh, Amy, do you have, you have, is there an enforcement one still or no? Oh, right, I forget about that. I can bring it up or I can just share it again for next time because, well, I can bring it up if you want and go through what I talked about before. But when I did go through the bylaws today for the brewery, Hudson did a similar thing, but they it was less wording. So I, after I read it today, I was thinking, well, maybe I'll tweak it. Okay. Do you want to come back around with something tweaked? Yeah. Yeah. That would be. Okay. All right. Did I miss anything else? All right, great. So I'm gonna move on then to the, let's see. 
Oh, shoot. What? And then we have, hold on a second. I just want to make sure I capture everything we need to do next time. I'm just looking at the agenda and I see 37 South. Okay. Um, consideration of the minutes. So I have the minutes from November 16th. Did everyone have a chance to read the minutes? Yep. I think, um, Amy, you had some amendments that you sent to the board. Was that for the 16th or the 7th? That was for the 16th. Do you okay. want me to share? Sure. Let's see. So I have so many things because I have all the minutes up and <laughs> of course I don't have that one up. I have the seventh. I'm gonna open it. Take me just a second. Okay. Do you have amendments for the seventh as well? I did have some, yeah. Okay. Any other amendments while Amy's pulling that up? I had a few minor things. Okay. On page two, and I'm not as technologically savvy, so I don't really know how to share my screen, but. Uh, do you want me to, I'll take, I'll, do you want me to open up? Or Amy, are you close to finding yours? Yeah, 1116. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay, do you see them? No. Nope. Oh, you don't? Here, hold on. I just opened them, so now maybe I can share them. A second, sorry, not as quick. All right, can you see them now? Yep. Okay, I'll start and then pipe in Millie when we get to yours if you want. Sure. I uh, I just started with Damon Amato's paragraph right there. And several concepts were discussed by the applicant. And then on the next line down, and he discussed what could be done by right according to the applicant, nothing was possible. Like, I just wanted the paragraph to make it seem like it wasn't, you know, it was him talking, it wasn't us as a board. Mm -hmm. And then on the Three more sentences down. They are proposing is a new zoning amendment to add RC to the OSRD district. I asked Kathy before she left, I don't think I got an answer. The OSRD district is in one part of our bylaw. It's not under the overlays. So I asked her if it was an overlay, but I didn't, I don't think I got an answer. But either way, I crossed out to the overlay because it's in the, it's in part of the book that says it's the OSRD district. And then for the last sentence of that paragraph, it said on the site, but reduced it to five or more for yard area and to meet septic regulations. So does anybody else have anything in that paragraph? Mm -mm. I might want to. Sure. If, oh, you Fred, back, you if you go back up, Amy, right where it says according to the applicant. Yep. Just above that, it says property comma cleanup. Yep. I think you want to eliminate that comma because he was talking about the cost to clean up the property, not the cost to buy the property. Uh, I believe that's what he's talking about. So cost of the property cleanup. Clean oh, yeah. Good catch, okay. Fred. 
So I'll um, just do this because I have forward this to Melanie. I'll just I try to highlight and cross it out. Hopefully she gets that. I can actually put a comment, take out the comma. I'm sure she's already on it. Yeah. Okay. So in this paragraph on the second page, Fred, it said, Mr. Litchfield said the minimum, I think it was lot size requirement in RA is 80,000. I don't think it was water. That's correct. Yep. <laughs> and then now I'm down to George Pember. Actually, Amy, if you go back, it's, um, sure. I, is it lot size or lot? We're, we weren't talking about groundwater at that point, right? Yeah, but this talks about RA 80,000, RB 40,000, RC 20,000. Okay, because the, the groundwater one is 80,000 and groundwater two is 40,000. So they, I, I wanted to make sure we're talking about just the RA and RB, not the groundwater aspects. Yeah, but I think even RC in groundwater is 40,000, isn't it? All of them, isn't it? The groundwater's overlay on all of the zones. It's 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 only about if it's in a groundwater one, the res single family house lot minimum requirement is eighty thousand, and in mm -hmm. groundwater two, it's forty thousand. So as long as we're not talking about groundwater in that paragraph, you're right. You're correct. Hmm. Yeah, it doesn't seem like it in the first sentence. Do you agree? I do. Okay. So I'm gonna go down to George Pember. And the old assessor's map shows that the zoning district line divided the property. Made more sense to me than the old assessor's map shows that the dividing line on the side. Mm -hmm. And then two more sentences down. I think I just fixed these. It just made more sense. Maybe that doesn't really technically make sense because it says the old assessor's map shows that the zoning district line divided the property. You added in the zoning district line divided the property. Yeah, um, that's Mr. said it was the dividing line was on the side of the property. And then down below, you added in leaving this parcel in residential zone versus commercial. So if the, the zoning district line divided the property, meaning down the middle, I mean, I guess I would, it made sense to me the way I was reading it, the way he presented it. Well, the old assessor's map was the one that had the line through the middle. Mm -hmm. The new one is where they moved it to the side. So the old assessor's map, which was the original, what George was saying, the line divided the property. Mm -hmm. Part of the property is in the downtown and part is in residential. And then when it was rezoned, they moved the line, leaving this parcel in residential versus commercial. So for the top one, 
the dividing line wasn't on the side. It actually did go through the property in the original old assessor's map. So I think on the second, you could you could make that change if you think that grammatically reads better. But on the second one, he explains that instead of it should be instead of bisecting, dissecting the property, it is on the boundary line between their property and the next one. I think explains it a little better than when you say leaving this in one residential and versus commercial. I think there's an explanation there. And then there's also an explanation when a new tenant was coming, they found they were not allowed. I think that's an exclamation that an explanation that you're you're removing from the minutes. When the town rezoned the boundary line between the two districts was moved closer to the center town, leaving this parcel in residential zone versus commercial. And she said, leaving this parcel, instead of bisecting the property, it is on the boundary line between the property and the next one closer to the center of town. To me, it, it didn't make sense to me. Instead of bisecting the property, it is on the boundary line between their property and the next one closer to the center of town. I mean, I could leave it, but I didn't even understand what it was what it meant. Like what George was saying was that it was now moved into residential versus commercial. Mm -hmm. Which I think is the crux of what we wanted to change. But, right, and that's what, if someone went back and read the minutes of what George was trying to do, I would understand it, but I didn't understand what the boundary line between their property and the next one closer to the center of town. I guess I didn't see it. But I was trying to just make it make sense. And because it is zoned residential, new tenants had to go before the ZBA for a variance versus because it is zoned residential, new tenants and. Oh, I just. Right. And then the next paragraph down, I was just, it was a question. So it's no big deal. I was just putting a question mark. Okay, so are a, we, go ahead, Millie. Sorry, I just have a couple quick ones on this page. So sure. do we wanna do that? The third paragraph above, if you can scroll up, it's one of them's really kind of very small. Um, but it's um, the one that starts with Miss Martinek, and then halfway down, uh, two thirds of the way down on the left, it starts with plan. The sentence that starts with plan, it's just a very um, keep going all down, 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 and to the left. Uh, yeah, and then keep going left, and then up. Plan. Yeah, plan. And then yep. it says Mr. Martinek. Oh yes. <laughs> Not a big deal, but you know. Um, but the other one that I wanted to clarify was on the next paragraph, just below that that thicker section of yellow that you highlighted. We were just talking about that section. Mm -hmm. The next sentence basically it does sort of describe Mr. Pember is asking for is asking if the zoning line can be moved to the outside edge of the property. It's really supposed to be the south side edge. Okay. And that was it. 
Okay, and then what are we doing with instead of bisecting the property? Is that stay? Do we care if that stays or goes or? Don't worry about it. All right. Was that Melanie? I didn't know whose voice that was. Um, Melanie texted me and said she's happy to make the changes, but would like one copy rather than <laughs> one from each of you. Oh, okay. Okay, perfect. So then down with um, signs, it said, Mr. Zayden was not prepared, but does not intend to withdraw with the D. And this is allowed, but in terms of someone bringing home a company vehicle. Oh yeah. Oh, and this was mine. This is when I talked about enforcement. So this was something that I stated. It was just the description at the top of the page that I read when I talked about the enforcement bylaw. Mm -hmm. And I read it. So I just I just wanted to add it there because it it helped the whole paragraph make sense, at least to me. Mm -hmm. And on this page. Uh, Amy, could you back up for a second, please? Sure. Go back up to that paragraph. Yep. Uh, when you're talking about zoning and enforcement, um, I recommend you don't use the title building inspector. Okay. I, rec I recommend the use of zoning enforcement officer because the building inspector enforces one set of codes, the zoning enforcement officer enforces the zoning code, and this isn't building. Okay. Okay. So just, you know, it's, I just wanted to make that distinction. That's all. Okay. I'm just going to add it now. Yeah. You've got to wear two hats. <laughs> and sometimes <laughs> I confuse which one you are. I still only get one paycheck, though. Uh, <laughs> oh, right. Um, you, you can also just write ZEO. Oh, okay. You know, save a lot of typing. Yeah, I'm going to leave it that way now because I'll end up yeah. screwing something out. Yeah. I'll push it Go down two more lines. Oh, I have it again. Yep, right. Go to the right. Keep going all the way to the right. Third oh, line. Okay. Here it is. I'm going to put ZEO for this one. That's fine. <laughs> oh, my. What am I doing? I'm still on the wrong line. You didn't click on. Yeah. Amy, if you put ZEO in parentheses right there where your cursor is now, then Melanie will know what you're referring to later on when you write ZEO. Okay. Brilliant. Here we go. Mm -hmm. I'm going to just. Oops. There you go. I got to learn how okay, to do Thank you. So there's that. And um, I don't know if I did it anywhere else. I guess when we talked about it, um, you said that giving immediate notice requires time, change it to a reasonable amount of time. And you mentioned seven days. And 
And Ms. Peretsky said this would spell it out in the bylaws so everyone would understand what is allowed. Just sentences that I added. Okay, anything else? I have a question if you go above that, um, where you did that big paragraph, Amy. Mm -hmm. but in yellow, it's it keep going up. It's a, a Fred Litchfield it, right there. Mr. Federico and Fred Litchfield are working on federally flood language. Is it federal flood language or federally approved flood language? Or I'm not sure what that was. Probably it should be federally recommended. Oh, okay. Uh, it, it comes from the state and the federal uh, FEMA maps, the flood insurance rate maps. Um, but we're, we're, we're trying to accommodate their request for us to amend our bylaw to reflect all the parts of floodplain overlay district language that they would like to see across the board. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. That was all, all I was questioning. Okay, and I think that could be it. Yeah, that was it. Did anybody else have anything? No. All right, I'm just gonna save this and I'll send it to Melanie. Perfect. Okay, is there a motion to accept the November 16th minutes as amended? I make a motion to accept the November 16th minutes as amended. Second. Second. Okay, all in favor, Millie? Aye. Amy? Aye. Michelle? Aye. And Carrie is an aye. Okay, December 7th. Did everyone have a chance to read? Oh, Amy, you said you have a. a I did have some. Okay. Do you mind if I share? Or does anybody else want to share? Do they? anybody else have anything? No, I'm abstaining from this one because I wasn't at the full meeting. Okay. Can you see it? I think I had anything. Yep. If people want to wait, if they haven't read it. Oh, did everyone, I'm sorry, I didn't ask. Did, I, did everyone have a chance to read it or do we need to hold? I'm okay. reviewing it now. I'm opening it up now. Okay. Do you want to do it at the next one, Michelle, or do you feel comfortable looking at it now? I'm just opening it up now. You give me one sec. Okay. Wait for Michelle. I just had a couple little ones on this one. Yeah, I didn't really have. I don't think I had anything. Oh, I actually did have something on this one real quick. Okay. Uh, it's the December 7th. Um, when we're going under the warrant article headers, they go to breweries, commercial, warehouse, and trucking. The last sentence in that actually seems like it should be, oh, maybe it is under use variances. Yeah. Um, it doesn't seem to, I didn't think it belonged there, but maybe it does. Bylaw, warehouses, because this really only talks about, oh yeah, okay. 
I say, never mind. I'm clear. I think because it came out in the same email, it's all in the same paragraph, like that, those bylaws. Yeah, it's just most of it talks about the moratorium. And then at the last sentence, it says use variances will be reviewed on January 4th. And I thought that was actually for something else for use variance. All good. Okay. Um, yeah, Amy can move forward with her changes and I'll let you know if I have any moving forward. Okay. So George on 37 South Street, um, I just added, then it would be spot zoning. Oh yeah. Um, so the presence for spot zoning. Where is it? Um, it, it doesn't mix with the exam and it's just one parcel that is being singled out. Maybe I don't need that. Maybe I don't know if that makes sense or it doesn't actually. Maybe it made sense before. Because she was saying that it wasn't. Oh, I think the if you correct, if you say that it instead of saying it, because you don't know if you're talking about the parcel or spot zoning. And I think Kathy was saying spot zoning doesn't. The definition of spot zoning is it doesn't mix in with existing land uses and it's just one parcel that is being singled out by surrounded surrounded by a completely different zone. Then it would be start so so you're doing the same thing that I did I just did it with the it. Where do I change the it so change if, if you put in spot Kathy's interpretation or, or discussion mm -hmm. was spot zoning doesn't mix in with the existing that's what spot zoning is so if you yeah. take out it and you put in spot zoning where um the beginning of that sentence basically that oh, so it. spot zoning and then so i did it but i just did it at the you did it at the other end yeah that right. is a mix it's being because it this didn't make sense is a property that has been zoned downtown business so that's the di distinction yeah so do it that way. That's where she was. Yeah. And then you say that this is a property. Yeah. And this was there twice. So that's just a change there. Okay. All right. That makes sense. Yeah. Except uh, I don't think Kathy was at that meeting. Yeah, this is the second meeting. We had George on the last meeting okay. in November. Yeah. Okay. And then All she right. was at the last one. All right, just checking. Sorry, got my dates mixed up. Oh, that's okay. <laughs> the other thing is that I felt that it was confusing to go down. Let's see. If you go all the way to the, oh, no, not down. I meant to the left. We're still on that one. Um, let's see. A downtown downtown study would be oh gosh this your it doesn't line up with mine um, there are many facets involved oh gosh i really should figure out how to do this that the discussion or is it on okay so keep going like two sentences down from where we were just working mm -hmm. 
And it says there are many facets involved with what we'll be doing as a community for downtown, blah, blah, blah. It's the next part of that sentence. There will be several elements to that plan. And part of that discussion will be do what do people want, what it, that may not oh, yeah. will be to do, will to be, will be to find out what people want. You see what I'm saying? Okay. Yeah. To to find out what people want, or if people, you know, for example, to expand downtown, to contract downtown, or what are the physical limits of downtown? Yeah. Whether question expand? Yeah. Okay, that was it for me. Sorry. No, that's okay. I got to figure out how to do that though. And then Ms. Peretzky said, then we'll like to see in writing from both at Butters, the Hunts and the Lelands, and they have no issues. And I did ask him about the commercial one, but that's not in there. But I didn't add it. Okay. Maybe it was down here further. Oh, for this one, I added she. I don't know why I did it this way. She thought. And then under use variances, I mean, the more time Ms. Pretzky said she drafted these bylaws as examples, as we've been talking about them for many meetings. And then sentence definitions were used for trucking and warehouses because they had worked with CMRPC on theirs. Okay. Did you have anything, Michelle? No, oh. yeah. I'm at planning board rules and regulations. Near the end of the paragraph, Ms. Peretzky said, if it's laid out in black and white, it's easy to follow. So it's just little words. Mm-hmm. That's there, there versus there. And it, that's it. Anything else from anyone, Lily or Michelle? Not I. All set. Okay, is there a motion to accept the amended? I'm sorry, is there a motion to accept the minutes as amended? I make a motion to accept the December 7th minutes as amended. Second. Second. Okay, all in favor, Michelle? One sec. Aye. Okay, Millie? Aye. Amy? Aye. And Carrie abstains. Okay, um, next we have the, anything on Master Plan Implementation Committee that the next meeting is January 20th, so nothing, anything there? No, I think he's gonna bring us the scope. Okay, great. 
Um, we also have the continued discussion. Um, Fred, any ANRs, lot releases, or bonds? I don't believe so. No. Okay. Uh, then the continued discussion regarding Newton Street roadway improvements. So Fred had sent a memo to the board. Uh, do you want to speak to it at all, Fred? Or do board members have any questions? Would you like the opportunity to speak to it first? Uh, sure. Um, well, rather than reading you the memo, it's it was pretty much a chronology of what transpired. I wanted to share with each of the planning board members the actual decisions because the oldest one goes back to 2007. There's mm -hmm. quite a bit of history there and I'm not sure that everyone on the board had it. Um, the projects, all this, the work on Newton Street has spanned you know, more than a decade, so almost two. And so I wanted to, to make sure you all got the idea as to how long we've been working at this and what transpired. It started with an A&R with four lots that Mr. Ramadan owned and needed a scenic road application. That was the uh, decision in 2007. Um, there was a condition in there that he prepared a plan, which he neglected to do. And the building department was instrumental in withholding an occupancy permit on house I believe is house number 325 Newton Street uh, for quite some time until he uh, submitted the plan. And then the board got involved and the plan was accepted and the uh, board got involved. And then the, the next phase by amending that special, that scenic road application to include phases of the work and when it was to be done. And while Mr. Ramadan was working on the improvements, um, the neighbor across the street had denied an easement on his property, allowing him to lower the road even further than it was, um, which was his right. And then um, the project, the plan was approved as it was um, shown in that application. And then uh, a few years later, the neighbor across the street had an arrangement with a developer who came in and wanted to do uh, development of his own, breaking it up into four lots and he also got a scenic road application at that time. There was some discussion about the developers uh, working together to share the cost because uh, they were getting benefit of all the improvements in Newton Street that Mr. Ramadan was required to do. And the board asked them to work together and they uh, came in at that meeting and said that they had an agreement and that they would share the cost. And so they got a scenic road permit that included lowering the street, that extra foot and a half that was um, requi initially requested of Mr. Ramadan, but because the easement was denied by the Gustafsons, then he couldn't do it. So we asked him to lower the road that much more uh, while he was working with Mr. Ramadan. Shortly after that, I, uh, I've been told uh, that the um, agreement fell apart. Mr. Ramadan went ahead and proceeded to make the improvements in Newton Street based upon the plan that he had. Um, the developer for the Gustafson property really didn't do too much until the very end this past summer, the guardrail was installed, I believe at his cost. And then the Asbill plan that had been prepared by Mr. Ramadan's engineer, the interim as built was then 
had the uh, guardrail added to it and submitted. That's when I reviewed the decisions and realized that the road hadn't been lowered um, by this as according to the second scenic road application and decision. Um, they're asked, they being the Gusterson property developer, uh, Mr. Wombolt is looking for release of his lots so he can proceed. Um, Mr. Ramada would like his money back. He has about $15,000 being held by the town. My recommendation is that in the terms of Mr. Ramadan's bond money that you're not giving him any money until he gives us the actual easements that were required in the plan. He's been made aware of that. Supposedly he's working on it now. Um, in terms of the additional lowering of the road in Newton Street in front of the Gustafson property, that's a bit more tricky. Um, the road, the only way for you to release the lots and the restrictions that were put on those lots by that scenic road application would be to amend that decision, which is what you did when Mr. Ramadan wanted to amend his original decision from 2007, you know, requiring all the improvements. Um, so I, my suggestion would be that they apply for an amended permit and plead their case as to why they think that roadway improvement, the lowering of the road shouldn't be done. And then you would have to hold a public hearing and make a decision. Mm -hmm. Gonna hold off on any more recommendation beyond that because doesn't really matter until you get it before you, if in fact that's what they wanna do. Out of fairness, it seems like Mr. Wombolt and that development should be made to do everything that was required in their permit um, as Mr. Ramadan was required to do, even though it spanned a, you know, quite a bit of Newton Street. He owned a lot more land, a lot more frontage, um, but he was held to what he was originally obligated to do. Seems, doesn't seem quite fair for them to not do anything and then ask for relief and get it. However, that's really up to the board. The current situation in Newton Street is much better than it was. The road's been widened, it's been repaved. Um, there's a guide rail. There's still some work that is also required in that second property scenic road decision, the Gustafson property, I believe it's referred to as 280 Newton Street. Uh, there were some other things they had to uh, widen the shoulder, change the slope, relocate a driveway. All that can be done during the development of those lots, but they're reluctant to proceed with any development because those lots are not uh, potentially ready to be released. So I think they're looking for some assurance that they do X, Y, and Z, they'll get those lots released. But the big hang up is that one condition about lowering the road, which hasn't been done. The hope was that they would be working together um, to accommodate that because the plan, we didn't, amend, we didn't have them amend the roadway improvement plan. We went with the plan. The only extra change was that they would lower the road that additional 18 inches that the Gustafsons originally denied uh, the easement for. So that summarizes it, but I'm sure there's questions. Does the board have any questions? How many feet of the road is, do you know how much of the road needs to be lowered or? Um, the location, uh, it, 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 the, 
the critical spot where the road was required to be lowered, and uh, there was a specific number in the decision that it was be lowered uh, to a specific number, which is roughly 18 inches lower than where it is today and where it was before all the other improvements that Mr. Ramadan did make. Um, the location at this station, eight plus 05, oh, as yeah. referenced in the decision, is where Mr. Ramadan's driveway comes out for his common driveway for eight additional lots that he can't build on until he finishes all this work. And it's directly across the street from the existing house at 280 Newton Street. So it's integral to the use of both properties and both developers. Mm -hmm. um, the way it stands now, Mr. Ramadan hasn't done anything on that common driveway except clear a little bit of land where the work and his equipment was stored during the reconstruction of Newton Street and the driveway across the street has been installed even though it wasn't permitted and so some barricades have been put up so it can't be used. Um, there's some work that would affect both sides of the road and both properties. And it's paved already, right? The Newton Street has, um, yes, been the, the widening, the base pavement, the shoulders, um, culvert was replaced, the road's been top coated, and um, we worked with town council to have them do the work and, and the, the board did release money mm -hmm. to allow Mr. Ramadan to pay his contractor to do that work so that it didn't languish. The town was considering, uh, I don't know if any of you recall, I forget who was on the board at which time, but there was a strong concern by the DPW director and myself that if the work wasn't done, uh, I think it was 2019, if it wasn't done during that construction season and it was left to go another winter, that the base pavement that was put down might have to be ripped up and replaced because base pavement's not intended to be the final wearing course. It's a little bit more pervious and allows water to go through it and then gets into the, the sub base and then that's where you get your potholes and the yeah pavement deteriorates. We were afraid if it went another year without the top coat, they wouldn't. He was willing to do it, but needed some cooperation. So the board did work with him, allow him to do the work and then pay him quite quickly, gave him as the bond money, that portion back so he could pay his contractor and be on his way. So um, the road, like I said, the road's in good shape. It's better than it was. Um, then the issue of the extra lowering of the road is it's more of a fairness issue than it is a roadway issue, I, I could say. We wanted it to be lowered, uh, thought it would be better. Um, everyone agreed at the time, it just didn't get done. Amy, you have something? Yeah, um, how wide, not wide, but how many feet of roadway is it? Is it that hill, like a little, is it the hill? That was the concern all along? Uh, there were two spots on Newton Street I don't know if, if any of you have driven up there lately, but there were two spots during uh, the whole process that were kind of choke points, if you will. One was mm -hmm. up by number 325. Um, I don't know if you remember there, a lot of the residents up there have moved. And so the owners <laughs> of the various properties are not, don't have the same names as I'm gonna to refer to them as. But there was the Temlax, Mm -hmm. who bought one of the houses from Mr. Ramadan, um, right in front of their, between their property and number 325, there was a knob there with some ledge that we wanted taken down. 
but because that would have lowered the road and required them to grade the other side of Newton Street where the Gurlanes live. Mm. Um, and the Gurlanes did not want to grant the easement at that time. Um, it wasn't able to be incorporated into the design. So he did what he could within the limits of the right of way in terms of lowering the road and it was the design was left. We were never forcing anyone to give an easement. It was all voluntary. He was forced to ask if they denied in writing, we took it at, at their word and then allowed him to redesign the road accordingly. There was another one lower on Newton Street, closer to Sherilyn, uh, not Sherilyn. Yeah, Sherilyn, oh, the last, the next intersection going back towards Maynard Street. And there was another place that's where station eight plus 05 is that we also wanted it lowered that easement was also denied by the Gustafsons, as I explained, but ultimately Karma came back around and uh, right. they needed something from us. So we asked them to work together. <laughs> That's a hard thing being, I've been involved. Michelle was there longer than me, but my first year was when this whole, whole summer we spent on this, but, and the neighbors really wanted a lot of this road work done before safety issues. But then when it came down to giving easements, they wouldn't. And the ghost, these ghost office, I can't even say their name, but they were the ones who wouldn't give up the easement. So now they're in the predicament, so. Well, the, the Gustafsons have sold and Mr. Wombolt and his company own that property now. But, yeah. Um, he took on getting the scenic road application along with the form A for those lots um, with the stipulation that they work together and lower the road that extra 18 inches. Mm -hmm. uh, what is the reason for lowering the road? Improve the sight distance. Mm -hmm. Okay, so it's there not- There were a couple of hills that they couldn't see over. Yeah, the, the more critical one was further up the road towards the Berlin town line near yep. the number 325 and the Temlak property and the Gurlane property. Um, mm -hmm. That's tricky. That one, that one never came before us with an application that we could tie it to. So why can't he just grant, now that he owns the property, why can't he just grant the easement to do the lowering of the road? Uh, because the decision said he would be responsible for lowering the road. And they, they agreed to work together to make the improvements. But when Mr. Ramadan went forward, they weren't working together and they didn't, he didn't lower the road and the Gustav, uh, the Womble company didn't work with Mr. Ramadan to make sure that happened. So if they had originally granted it, they wouldn't be in this predicament. That's correct. If they had originally granted it, it would have been it would have been done when Mr. Ramadan did all the other improvements. But because it wasn't, and we didn't have them go back and redesign the roadway improvement plan, we just required this one extra thing. Um, it got missed. Like I said. The roadway is better than it was by quite a bit. Uh, the widening, the pavement, the new pavement, uh, new culvert down the end of the road, the new guardrail, it's in, in many ways, it's a much better and safer road. Um, I don't believe we've had any issues with speeding, which is something that residents are always concerned about when a road gets widened and repaved. Um, and I know the DPW is out there plowing it. They feel much more comfortable traveling up and down than they were. Yeah, so, that makes sense. So what is the decision 
at hand are we uh, so there's obviously not a new special permit here what are we voting on do you need a vote on the bond i'm not asking you to vote on anything no. what i what i wanted was to provide you with a summary uh so you had the whole picture mm -hmm. um i made a recommendation on the two developers looking for releases the ramadans wants his money but he is now aware that he needs to give us those easements and i need to run them through town council to make sure they're in the appropriate form um, Mr. Wombolt and his engineer are looking for those lots to be released on the other side so that he can build them. And unless he lowers the road, I wouldn't recommend that you release those lots. Mm -hmm. However, okay. if you want to consider amending the decision, if he wants to ask for that decision to be amended, you could then hold a public hearing, weigh the merits, pro and con, see what the rest of the residents have to say. Um, and then either amend or not amend the scenic road decision that was given to number 280 Newton Street. Okay, so to recap, your recommendations are to not release any bond money until all required easements are submitted and approved Correct. by town council and to require the condition number two, lowering Newton Street, you either you recommend it be completed or they come back for an amendment. But what is the, what is your, what do you think is best for that road? Is it to be completed or does it matter? Well, I wouldn't say it doesn't matter because we wouldn't have recommended it in the first place. Um, I've spoken to the DPW director and we can live with the road the way it is because it is better than it was. But the fairness issue about treating one developer the same as another developer is important. Mm -hmm. um, and so that Mr. Wombolt and his engineer should have either do the work that they were required to do or apply for an amendment and make their case to you that the road is, is good enough and that you're willing to release them from that obligation. Okay. But I, so I, don't, I don't have the ability, nor do I want to release them from that or recommend that you do that right off the bat. I want them okay. to apply, you to consider it, and then weigh the alternatives. Okay, so what you're looking, what, what we need at this point is, are we willing to entertain a revised application? Yeah, if the uh, applicant wants to, he could do the work, he'd have to wait till next spring because we won't let him work in the road till at least April 1st. He could either do the work and then get the lots released or he could apply for an amended decision and, and plead his case. He has to make that decision and then you, could make okay. your decision based upon his request. Okay. Do you want any board input at this juncture or this is just a summary giving us information to? Um, the summary was to bring everyone up to speed because <laughs> I saw some blank stares last month. Um, uh. I've made my recommendation how for you to proceed at this point and I'm willing to stand by that. I see that Mr. Bemis is in the audience and um, he might like for you to take a straw poll and see what your thoughts are on uh, revised, an amended decision, um, but I don't know. So okay. I, at this point, I don't think there's any formal vote for you to take at this point. Okay, uh, any initial thoughts from the board or questions, concerns, feedback? 
No, I think this is really helpful, Fred. Thank you. You're welcome. Anything from Michelle or Amy from your perspective? You've both been here the longest to see this happen for so, a while. As I said before, I think that the applicant, the developer agreed to this and should follow through with it. I also don't think that you should hear public comments tonight unless you're willing to invite the public in to comment as well. It's not fair. Uh, what do you mean by that? By asking, you have uh, the applicants, I'm assuming, uh, engineer who is sitting in the audience. So if you're going to bring him in to discuss it, I think you'd also want to bring in the public to discuss it. Uh, so the other side of it, I'm just, so do you just mean, if I open up public comments, that does open it to the whole public. Do you just mean with notice or? Exactly. Okay. Was it on, it was on the agenda though, right? Yep, it is on the agenda. All right, a Amy, do you have any comments on this one? Um, well, I think we have to let him decide if he wants to come forward with an amendment. I don't, I know what I'm feeling, but I don't know if we're supposed to give public comments on it without having the public hearing. If they're well, gonna change, if they're gonna apply for a... Okay, all right, so you just don't feel comfortable commenting. Okay, all right. I think um, it sounds like overall, the board doesn't have further questions for you, Fred. So it sounds like it would be up to the applicant at this point, whether they pursue or don't pursue. And that's just a decision they'll make and either come forward or not. Mm -hmm. Okay, um, copies of that memo that I prepared for you with the attachments went to um, both of the developers engineers and Mr. Ramanan. I didn't have an email from Mr. Wombold, so I, I did send it to his engineer with a request that he share it with his client, but um, they do have what you have. Okay. Okay. All right. Um, so to Michelle's point, I think we not take public comments on this one. And then if you do have comments and you want to submit it to the planning board and send a letter after the meeting, that's certainly welcome. Um, for anybody who's listening now or listening later, um, please send in your feedback if you'd like to the planning board and we'll all be able to see those comments at that time. Um, otherwise, it sounds like no further action on this one. I don't see any. Okay. All right, great. So thank you, Fred, for that. That was a, that was a great summary. I know it's mm -hmm. a long and winding road to follow. <laughs> no pun intended. Literally. Yes. <laughs> Okay, um, any subcommittee updates? Nothing yet. Okay, um, our next planning board meeting is the 18th. As we discussed, um, we have an invitation out to the ZBA. I'll follow up on that. And then after that, we have the first. I don't, is there anything coming up at the ZBA meeting, Fred? Are you also the staff liaison for the ZBA meeting as well? Kind of. <laughs> You have like four hats. I, I will be there. Um, okay. As we all do around here, we wear many hats. Mm. So okay. I will I will be there. I don't know that there's, I believe there's only one item on their agenda right now and has to do with um, some property on Lawrence Street, but it's, um, it should be a fairly short meeting. So 
Um, if um, you are going to invite the ZBA to the next planning board meeting and they accept that we'll need to post two agendas so that they, you can have the joint meeting at least for a portion of your night um, and they can meet appropriately, just let me know. I, I would also, I, I meant to bring it up earlier, but I was going to ask if um, the board members have uh, literature that they're sharing with each other regarding the zoning bylaws. I seem to be not included in that chain. If you could just add oh, me, because right. I didn't have the craft brewery. I didn't have some of the other stuff. I did sorry. get the sign language earlier today. It just makes it a little bit easier. I'm sorry, but I'm a little old school. I like that piece of paper when I'm sitting here. Um, I'm with I'm you. Yeah, <laughs> me too. Um, so if you could add me, I'd appreciate that. Yeah, no, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> All right, got it. Amy? I was just wondering if you, Carrie, heard anything about, um, did anyone apply for the town planner job? Like, have you been heard anything? Oh, no, I haven't. As I, do we know if anybody's applied? I keep meaning to reach out. I do not know. All right. So I'll send a note over and find out what I, I do believe people have applied. I don't know how far down the process or who they are or any sort of details. So um, Kathy said before she left that um, either John or the town administrator or the assistant town administrator would be reaching out to loop in the planning board when it was the right time. So um, I haven't heard from him or Becca. So I'll reach out and see where they are in the process. Okay, I, I think Fred really enjoys this though and probably wants to stick around for as long as he can. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, is there a motion to adjourn? So moved. Okay, uh, second. Second. All in favor, Michelle? Aye. Billy? Aye. Amy? Aye. And Carrie's an aye. Thanks very much. Have a great night. Bye. Good night. Thank uh, you. Happy New Year.